Good afternoon, everyone. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Welcome to the third episode of Merchants of Novigrad, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss everything went. Today with me is my trusty co-host, Baby Joseph, commonly known as BJ. And as you guys probably have figured out, we have not one, but two guests this week. Straight from the set of the newest Marvel movie called Iron Justice. The commonly loved and widely known. The... Iconic Gwent Challenger duo, Flake and McBeard. How are you doing, guys? <laughs> hey. Iconic is um, a little bit more than we, at least I deserve. Iconic is more of a, a McBeard thing. I'm more of a sideshow. I'm more of an add-on. I'm more of like, <laughs> the, like I'm the fries to his Big Mac kind of thing. I think, I think Iconic is nice. I think I would go for recognizable. <laughs> yes within the community that's good enough for me yeah we'll take that that seems about right you, like you don't need to sell us up like that you don't need to upsell us but uh i we i we both appreciate that those kind words <laughs> i always i don't, always do that don't speak for me flake i uh i don't appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> thanks my beard all that effort nah, for nothing i mean we're good i'm good uh but anyway guys a few a few words uh to our viewers guys if you're watching and if you have any questions uh my dear friend bj has been charged with the task of collecting them and we're gonna answer the more interesting ones as we go also if you want to stay in touch off stream uh you can follow us on twitter at novigrad podcast and if youtube is the platform where you would rather watch the show um it's gonna be uploaded on my channel a couple of hours after uh we are done here on twitch so you can just tap exclamation mark youtube and check out the channel so you yeah, guys, the first segment of the podcast, which is called What Have You Been Up To? So guys, what have you been up to? How is Gwen training you? How is life training you? And let's start with our guests. Flake McBeard, how are things? Uh, I'll let McBeard... Uh, I know McBeard has had uh, his, his wrestling match with the internet company. I think you should open with that, my man. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not an exciting topic, so I'll keep it brief. But uh, my ISP has kept me from doing lots of things over the last week, such as my own podcast streams when I wanted to do them, uh, etc. So it's just been, it's, you know, it's giving me issues. So it's been mean, it's been making actually really enjoying the expansion difficult because I've been frustrated with technical issues. And it's hard to have fun at work when work isn't going well. You know what I mean? Like, Gwent is Gwent is fine. Gwent is fine. Like we, can, I can't wait to talk about it. I've been playing a fair amount. It's just been difficult with the old like upload situation. Any stream based stuff has been really bad. But this call's holding because I'm not doing anything else with this. So that's great. Uh, but otherwise, Gwent's been good too. Um, I've been playing a fair amount of games. I've played a lot of Squirtle and Monsters so far. And I'm sure we're going to talk all about the new expansion uh, later. But otherwise, it's going well, and this morning has been going well uh, as well. Good morning, NA. <laughs> yeah, good, uh, good morning, definitely. Um, let's see. The most exciting and uh, trying thing that I've done in the past little while was actually waking up at 6 a.m. That is something that I'm not used to, but I did it because I love you guys. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I have to put the effort in. I mean, you guys put in uh, a great effort to make the show as great as it is, so I have to at least show up on time. That is the least I can do. Um, what have I been up to in the little bit? I mean, the thing about it is that, uh, so essentially once leading up to Challenger, in the week leading up to Challenger, I jammed in at least about 200 to 250 games that went prior to Challenger uh, in like the days leading up to it. So uh, to say I was sort of gassed on uh, 
just completely, completely exhausted on on Gwent through that week up and up to Challenger. It's a little bit of an understatement, but uh, you know, I don't want to say like I've been I've been sort of taking a little bit of a, a Gwent vacation uh, up till a little while, but I've been spending a lot of time working on other projects and watching a lot of Gwent streams when I'm not actively streaming. I'm essentially watching people play uh play the new expansion and uh i have my tie like i've i've explored it offline but uh, in terms of streaming the game i have not streamed the game but i have played it sort of outside of uh of the the public eye and uh that's about it i mean i just haven't really had the fire to sort of jump in and stream mm-hmm. when i've let i've left that to the the professionals essentially there's a lot of great people out there who are doing some really fantastic things with the new cards and I'm completely content by sort of handing the creative reins over to those existing superstars and sort of letting myself just, you know, wither in the shadows and watch them excel. Let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you were not talking about me, but, you know, just just sitting here and hearing hear, hear the word superstar, it, it kind of pumps up my ego a little bit. Oh, well, you're one of them. I mean, part of the, the entire creative processes is doing podcasts and such like this so you are within those ranks my friend um anyway bj what have you been up to other than i guess playing yeah. because i haven't streamed i haven't seen you stream in a while i have no well, idea yeah. what's going on there uh i streamed on monday and i did a co-op stream on tuesday i think and on thursday like i did their card review stream with the uh, villa and uh, gunhawks on tuesday and Wednesday, I took a break because of the new expansion. I wanted to just spend my time alone uh, playing the cards, creating decks. And then Thursday, I did a co-op stream with the uh, Godox. And uh, yeah, that's pretty, pretty much it. I have not streamed on my own uh, since the new expansion. Just trying new decks out, helping Villa with uh, his uh, prepping for the tournament that he's playing today because he has a chance to go to Italy. Um, mm-hmm. So I really wanted to help him and, you know, with practicing. So that's yeah. pretty much what I've been doing. But I'm planning to stream uh, next week or maybe tomorrow. So yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's one of the things that our viewers are wondering about. Uh, where is Villa? Because normally we there, there's uh, two co-hosts and that's you and Villa. But Villa is prepping for a tournament. I think he, he starts playing in about 50 minutes or he's play, played yeah. already. He said something like 1 or 2 p.m., right? Yeah, so yeah, like vi- so once again, hashtag Villa lost Villa. Uh, he is uh, he is just preparing for the tournament or already or already playing the tournament. But yeah, what have I been up to? Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Gwent, and as you guys know, I only play Novgard, so that was uh, the first thing of order. Just dive into the new cards, see what they're all about, and play a little bit of proactive Novgard. Um, we're gonna talk about it more, you know, when we get to uh, the expansion. Other than that, yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to. Uh, work and improve uh work on and improve the podcast we are actually working on a couple of episodes ahead like i've, I've been talking to a couple of people a couple of potential guests so uh so it, it takes definitely more time than i uh initially anticipated i was when i first started doing this i was like yeah just talk to a couple of people like a couple of days before the actual episode and and, and everything's done but it takes more time because you know people people have their own schedules they they live uh you know an ocean away and so Things are a little bit more complicated than I initially thought, but I, I I love doing this. And yeah, uh, 
I have, I have some some big plans for Gwent, like just writing articles right now, and and uh, you know I, we talked about it a little bit on Discord, BJ. You know the the the, the rework for Novgorod that, that I have in mind. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah, could be yeah, something yeah. like we something that I could potentially uh, release as well, like like an idea for an expansion maybe. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna talk about it uh, uh, when we get to the expansion topic, which is about now because I think everyone is just eager to talk about the new cards and the expansion and everything we got. So Iron Judgment, guys, first impressions. Mm-hmm. First impressions. Well, I will give the word to MacBeard first. Yeah, MacBeard. Mac, Mac I'm not sure if Flake has played already. I've, yeah, I, I've, I've played, but I've done a lot more of the spectating than the playing right now. Again, my creative juices are kind of running dry a little bit. Uh, so I've just sort of given given that freedom to other people and smarter than I am. I mean, I feel I feel what Flake was saying about how much time we put in before Challenger. Well, I almost knocked things off my my shelf here. <laughs> I uh, I we I put in about yeah, it was like two hundred games or so. It was a good amount of games, and uh, the the week we got back was just it was really hard to play. But I have gotten back in the saddle with the expansion, and I played mostly Squirtle and Monsters. It's been pretty good. I've enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I think that the Squirtle Dwarf deck will be a topic of discussion but i can give you some monsters uh some monsters feedback as well i think that uh i think that Squirtail got a lot of really good cards in the expansion specifically i think that most most of their cards are pretty playable um and the power level of the cards are really good but you know the the deck itself has improved so much by those new cards the faction i mean in general uh, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty good. I think that the criticisms are kind of all over the map right now because we're only on day three. So the people that have played a lot have seen uh, like the first few days, like because dwarves are so popular, right? It kind of muddies what's really out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, like we, the true picture just hasn't been formed yet because streams are popular. It kind of you know the popular discussion directs people to play you know, more likely what's very, very strong, but the hidden gems have yet to be discovered, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. still very early on. Like, the the issue that McBeard brings up is something that I've tried to, uh, you know, hammer into people's heads as much as possible, is that as soon as a expansion is released, there's always a tweet, a Reddit post, uh, a comment, a this, a that, that says... So what do we think of it? And it's like an hour into the release and the dust hasn't settled yet and people have already are already seeking a verdict on it. And I think people need to chill the F out about that kind of thing and let things settle where you cannot you cannot adequately pass judgment on an expansion, whether it's ruining the game, if whether the meta or a deck bubbles up, there will always be initial champions that come out of uh, the first day of release where some decks are some cards that are released, some spicy combos that you can already see a mile away that are going to just sort of flood the market and people are going to look at it that way and be like, okay, like I, everybody wants to play this and every, you know, somebody might come up with some, you know, really naughty concoction of cards that just wins more games. And all of a sudden people think that it's busted and an OP. And we saw a little bit of this, with Francesca right out of the the hop with the uh, when the patch was released prior to uh, Gwent uh, Gwent Challenger five, and I'm not saying that Francesca is not a very strong leader at that time. I'm just saying that everybody thought that she was the second coming of like 
you know, some type of freaking apocalypse for Gwent because she was so strong. Whereas later on, people figured out how to beat her, and then she was not this, you know, monstrous tyrant. So it's difficult to pass judgment about power levels within the first two or three days of, of, a, of an expansion. It's difficult to pass judgment on it after a week or even two weeks. You kind of need a solid amount of time for things to settle and for, the, for people to sort of figure things out. Um, I mean, initial judgment on Iron Judgment is that there's some really cool cards in it. And there's some very interesting ways that people are going to approach deck building given the fact that there's so many new interactions. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I feel like the, the, the Dwarf deck is just, it feels very optimized. And I think just we just need more time to make the other decks also very optimized so it can par uh, with the Dwarf deck, for example. Um, yeah, it's really easy to build it, right? It's just, yeah, you know, yeah, it, exactly. it all kind of just makes sense. It's like, this yeah. makes a lot of Dwarves, and these cards care about a lot of Dwarves. And <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> somehow I can fit Giant Oak into this deck, too, and that cares about a lot of cards, too. It's yeah. like an Ikea an Ikea instruction manual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very straightforward. It gives you the no Allen words. key as well. You don't even need a wrench <laughs> yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and it has that dude in it who's like, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, aside of the first day, because that was kind of a mess, you know, like with all the bugs and like you were not even uh, able to play uh, unranked, I have been enjoying the expansion quite a lot. Like lots of new cards that I'm just really liking so far. So mm -hmm. I've been trying out like Assimilate uh, with Glynis. It's a really cool card uh, to try out. Um, I've been trying uh, some more Franny Harmony with Percival and the new Dwarf that also has Harmony and the Machines. So, yeah. yeah, I imagine that card is good, right? D tell me, is Percival is good. I haven't played with yeah. him yet, but he seems like he has to be decent, right? Uh, and Glynis as well? Because at first yeah, I yeah. thought Glynis seemed slow uh, to get started. Is that is that true? or is she? I mean, Glynis is slower than Percival, in my opinion, because with per with Scoitel, you have the Mystic Echo ability, right? So you play the two Fletchlings, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you yeah. play two more Fletchlings, and then you play Percival, so you trigger the other... Uh, Fletchlings, and then mm -hmm. uh, you can start, you know, playing other cards like Milva. I, I usually play Milva after uh, Percival because mm -hmm. it gets plus two, so it's a lot of failure. Um, but yeah, Glynis feels more slower. I can agree because uh, you don't. Yeah, I mean, I have not tried Calvate, for example. Maybe I could try something like that to to make to sure you, on the same yeah, turn. Yeah, like I've been. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing Anna, but I don't want to play Anna really early, right? When you play, it like uh, it'd just be better to use Imperial, just booster by two, just player for the. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's something that that maybe is uh, the leader to play with the simulator. I don't know. I think I've I've seen people play uh, Ardol. Maybe I should try that. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like not to just completely have a Nilf card conversation, but I haven't played it. I've played against. And also, I, I got, you know, I get to I get to pro rank. I try to get to pro rank every season. Like when I when I play over a hundred games, I usually commit to it. Um, I actually really like the climb to five from five to zero. I think it's mm -hmm. like super exciting, and you get to see mm -hmm. all sorts of crazy stuff and get crazy highlight games before, you know, Tailbot and Adzikov are kicking the crap out of you on pro rank. So <laughs> I think um, I think that on the way up to five, like I've been seeing a lot of stuff, but it's it's still there. It still does follow like the same trends you would expect. So like almost every Squaytail deck is Mystic Echo, yeah, but the, every Nilfgaard deck, almost every Nilfgaard deck is Imperial Formation right now. That seems to be a really popular one. That's mm -hmm. a really popular leader, which is Old Morvran with an extra charge with no restriction on what the ability can buff. 
and with a new card that comes off the top of the deck when placed there. Um, I don't know. I think it's really yeah. cool. I think it's really cool. I just think that, well, we can talk about problem cards later if that's mm. a section. But yeah, it's, it it actually is a section. Um, yeah, we'll yeah. One thing that I think people just still need to remember about is hotfix is coming. Like almost every expansion, there's a hotfix. So whether we see a lot of dwarves or whether we see a lot of I don't know Kalanth or 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 Ardo, it all could change in hotfix. And there's always some things that that are gonna be subject to change. So. I, I definitely appreciate one? the early few days of each expansion because people are just trying things out, and and, and nobody really cares about climbing and 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 you know uh, getting the best out of the deck. It's more like okay, we have all these new cards that are potentially gonna get changed in a way, so let's just get the best out of it in the in the first week of the expansion. Like that's that's probably my favorite part of the season. Mm -hmm. Was uh, was Syndicate hotfixed in the Novigrad expansion? I know that there was. I know cooldown was added to Caleb and a cooldown was added to Igor, but like that wasn't happened. Did that happen super fast? Not the Igor one. Caleb's uh, not the Igor one. Yeah, the Caleb, um, Caleb one was like one show. week after the. the yeah, Freak Show got changed too. Oh, Freak Show. Yeah, Freak Show was the was yeah. the hotfix change. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, now that is, it's all coming back to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as I said, the the early couple of days are are, are very chaotic, and and, and I, I definitely appreciate people who are trying to try hard less and have fun more. Just just seeing what's out there, what what the new cards are are capable of doing, and and, and returning players too. Yeah, and returning players, especially they you know a couple of weeks after the, the challenger and a couple of weeks before the mobile release. Like, it's 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 a, it's a huge opportunity for Gwen to to actually get some more new players because we know it's always been a problem. It's always been a problem for Gwen to get new players to actually play the game. It's 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 been something that we all already know from from closed beta, closed open beta. Like we we always heard about you know new players not being interested in Gwent. It's just people try it out because it's free to play, and and then you know the game is too complicated. There's, it's like, it's really hard to get going. So people are just like, nah, I'm just gonna play something else. Well, I think that the issue is not necessarily getting new players. It's usually keeping new players. I mean, because yeah. whenever there's a free to play option, it's very easy to dip your toe into the game. And the difference here is that Gwent offers a very generous free to play model, and. Uh, you know, especially compared to a lot of its competitors out there, it, getting into this game and being uh, the point of being of walking into the game and being actually relatively competitive in your sort of bracket, your skill bracket, uh, it's not hard if you're a good card player and you understand the mechanics. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's a whole other discussion as to the, the problem of actually retaining new players. But new expansions are always, always very good for attracting new players and bringing some of those old players back to see what's changed. And I guess, I mean, that's like I said, that's a whole different discussion as to what the symptoms are of as to why new players come back to check it out and then maybe don't stay. You know, maybe they come back and look at the cards and say, okay, maybe some things that I didn't like prior have been changed or fixed or, or improved upon. Mm -hmm. But if they don't stay, that's a whole different, that's that's a more different, you know, a fundamental issue that needs to be addressed. But I mean, uh, it's always uh, great when new expansions come out that really offer different elements to the game. And in this case, it's things like Defender, Armor, etc. Uh, maybe that's the missing ingredient that a lot of people uh, have been sort of craving for a while. 
Craving Defender. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I mean, between between you guys, uh, what do you think the what do you think the the reaction is about Defender? I've seen. I've seen not a lot of negative comments about it, but I've seen like almost zero positive comments about oh, it. Oh, you you need to get on Reddit more. Specifically Northern Realms, <laughs> which is too bad because Northern Realms has the most boring defender too, right? So it would be yeah. too bad if this was the superstar defender. I yeah. can I can already tell you that if you get on Reddit more, especially a couple of days prior to the actual launch, there was a lot of posts and a lot of comments about the Defender. Most of them negative. But it's always like that. When when you have a game-changing mechanic, when, when you have a new card or a new status that changes the way people play the game, there's always going to be some sort of public outcry about what the card is. So I think people just need to slip on it and just... You know, play for a couple of days, see if Defender really is a problem, and and, and then out well, their judgment yeah. instead of just rush. You know, their opinion on oh, Defender's broken, please remove. But that's I what mean, that, that's what that yeah, it's the internet is, man. And this is what really bothers me, especially about Reddit. And I'm I'm like not shy to say it is that even before the card is out, people are already going to crap all <laughs> over something because they don't even and because yeah. that's just the reaction and they know that there's going to be people sort of jumping onto that train and you can always predict what the comments are going to be like even before defender hit the actual gameplay people who have not seen it in action not touched the ptr have no clue what the actual gameplay is going to be like are going to jump in there say it's broken it's ruining the game and then you can also see the exact string of copy paste freaking stupidity comments below it of Ah, uh, dead game, yada yada yada, bullshit, and all that other stuff. Excuse my language. I apologize. It's six days. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's okay. Let's, it's, not, it's, let's not create. Let's not create this. These these shadow people that are just like the okay. I won't create side. them. They they not, but they're the phantoms th that kind of come out of the the woodwork when when things like that happen. But the point being is that when opinions are formed without the actual experience of being there to actually play the card those ex that's that's not that that's a uh that's an opinion that i'm okay to just completely dismiss i mean yeah i mean it, it, it helps it helps form the kind of the primordial discussion points that kind of come with days of experience like the stuff that's really sharply being reacted to i think but uh I don't know. I think that um, what were we talking about the defenders? Mm -hmm. I think um, like I have a Vriad Dragoon in my dwarf list that's been like yeah. low key a superstar, not just for defender, but just moving. And I mean, they have like the oh price guys, I think ability. we are losing Mac Beard. Okay, the about. No, oh, maybe not. Maybe let's 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 wait. You, the, you are uh, still here. You are still here. We survive it. Okay, I'm gonna robot. I'm gonna be like roboting a little bit, but uh, I, I I can see it on my. I just have to reconnect to the call. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Where did you lose me? Where did you lose me? Uh, right uh, at the top. So yeah, McBee is uh, McBee is firing in at like 360p right now, but it's okay. You gotta get some more peas. Bring some, bring some more peas, McBees. <laughs> oh, um, and we lost him, and he's back. Uh, we we are trying to call him. Yeah, we we we, we did lose you for a second now. Yeah, I just re uh, reconnected the call. Anyway, okay. I'll, fin I'll finish my thought. I was just saying that. Where, where did you lose me? <laughs> like, uh, start from the top, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I think really, I think it's just really yeah. about defenders. 
I was just saying the last thing I was saying is the, the defenders, uh, the way they price the defender ability um, and the stats that they've given the defenders seems like it's uh, generous, I think. Uh, all the defenders have, like, if the defender ability is so is so polarizing, then the defenders are overstatted probably because I don't think that the ability is too much. I think it's just the how many turns you need to spend to kind of get back onto your mm -hmm. to yeah. take to take control of the board again yeah. um anyway yeah. and i think that brings us to the topic of i think at least in my opinion uh the most problematic defender and that's azar javed because he puts two defenders on the board so yes. that means that it's gonna it's gonna take a while before you can move them before you can purify them before you can kill them yeah, and if you kill them, he, the opponent also gets some coins, so it's a pretty good uh, defender, yeah, I, I can agree. Yeah, because because if we just have a defender, like, uh, other factions have them. You can purify them, you can move them, you can kill them. Like, there's there's all sorts of way to counter it. And you yeah. spend, you, you're you going to spend only one turn doing, doing it. And then you have, uh, you have Javed, and, well, you have two defenders. How do you deal with that? Yeah. I think it's a very, very problematic card right now, especially in combination with... Uh, bonded seductress that's that's like almost guaranteed to be played with uh, with with uh, Javed. Um, mm -hmm, yeah. You know, in uh, like that basically you play play Javed, you get the defenders, you play seductresses on, on portal, and yeah, what do you do? Like bonded seductresses are already very very strong. I think they are a little bit uh uh too cheap right now for for provisions for a card like that. And then yeah, you you have double defenders you have to take care of, and then you have seductresses that. Get get boosted whenever you play any card. So that's that's a the problem I'm seeing with uh, the Syndicate Defender right now. Yeah, and I mean we've the Northern Realms Defender is in the Pincer Maneuver deck, which is difficult because you could just play the Defender and then whatever you want. Uh, the Squirtle Defender is problematic because of how it protects the mercenaries and it also also supports the row stack stuff at the same time as uh enabling anything that cares about ratty dwarves like all at the same time but and the skellige has the sucrus in interaction i don't think that's oh good, yeah still, i've seen it a, i've seen it it's still a Wait, thing that what? exists this the, if, if sucrus is next to the defender you can't hurt the defender and you can't hurt sucrus, oh. so it's like so yeah, so what basically what what yeah. what you're gonna do is you play Sucrus, wow. you play defender in the middle, and then but then then they play uh the priest on 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 the defender. So just being wow. defender, he doesn't get damaged. Uh, you get you get you get boost on the priest. It's mm. just <laughs> I did not even know about it. But yeah, it is possible. You have to defender, remove defender, or you just basically lose. Yeah, or, or you play fun. something like Cantarella or a spy or anything that you can play on your opponent's uh side of the board. Oh, yeah, just they just stop it. From 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 going on, yeah right. But yeah, it's... I guess there's a lot. There are a lot of interactions, I suppose. Like, yeah. there's ways you can get it done. But I'm just saying, like the defenders are they they put these new like huge problems into every faction. Didn't even talk about the Nilfgaard one, but mm -hmm. Nilfgaard one is just good, right? Yeah, it's just good. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good yeah. Guide. I think the Nilfgaard Defender just um, synergizes with Assimilate, and, and, and that was the main goal of, of the card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Whether, whether yeah. or not it, it actually helped Assimilate is, is another question. Mm. Because, because as a Nilfgaard player, I think that Assimilate is just doomed to fail. Why do you well, think that? 
Uh, because Assimilate is basically the Novgaard version of Harmony or Thrive, except it mm-hmm. requires much more of a setup. And as somebody once told told me, Assimilate is an archetype where you play uh, low tempo cards for numerous turns to trigger them with bad cards. Because you have to play yeah. stuff like Imperial Diplomacy, you have to play stuff like Bribery, and these cards have a high chance of uh, creating something that you cannot really use. So... That's that's and that's not not only the problem with assimilate but also with with soldiers like the setup you need to get them going is just takes a lot of time. Like the only mm-hmm. option to get them to get let's say two engines on the board at the same time is either Artorius into a one power copy of an engine which is not optimal or Porto. Like there is very few ways to get those engines on the board and start getting value right away. Whereas with that Porto thrive, it seems like really hard. Yeah, yeah like, you do need portal. Yeah, whereas Thrive, you just play the Necker or the new Kikimore and you have two engines. Yep. Or yeah. you play Skoyato and you have uh, Novigrad Injustice and you have two engines. Or you play Waters of Brocklon and you have two engines. And if you if you manage to, to, to hold onto your Waters uh, until round three, you can get four engines in one turn. And Kalant yeah. can do it with portal and, 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 and Pincer Maneuver. If only cards with assimilate could just proc other assimilate cards. Yeah. Like the the idea that I had, um, and I, I briefly talked about it to to BJ and Dennis on Discord is what like do you guys remember back in in beta we had all those tags for for uh, for kingdoms in in our or provinces in Novgorod. Like for example, yep. if you had an Alba unit, it would just say it's Alba. So what if we change assimilate uh... to something like? You know, uh, boost self by one whenever you play a soldier or a unit from another division. So you like, that, like let's 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 say you have the art fee in uh, heavy cavalry right now. You place it, and then you you play uh, the uh, Duco guard, which comes from Tucson. It's another division. Boom, you get a boost. But why? But this is the thing. Then that becomes literally like you said. It just becomes another harmony. I don't think that you need every single potential archetype to be good right now. And I don't think that, I mean, Assimilate has its place and it has its fun, you know, areas and it, it, it's not a completely trash deck. It is, it's a deck that can win. Harmony, uh, sorry, Assimilate was one of the few, like the decks that I most consistently lost to as Francesca back after the patch dropped at the beginning of September, where I would just not give it any respect and it would just uh, absolutely just dumpster me in a long round because I could not lock anything and it would just continuously, you know, flood my board with crap and just continuously make uh, more and more, you know, triggers and triggers and triggers. I don't think that, you know, changing it because you want it to fit a certain mold right now is the right answer if it hurts the the actual faction identity or the uh, the archetype identity down the road. You know, like not everything has to be tier one in order to be, you know, okay within the game. Because cards will come to help it, and at the same time, if everything's good, then nothing's good, so to speak, and then people are going to complain about why this isn't working or why that's not working and blah, 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 blah. It's okay to have a rotation of archetypes that go from the top of the heap to the middle to the bottom and back to the top. That's totally fine. Control was king once, and then it wasn't, and then engines were king, and then it wasn't, and then maybe something else is going to come over, and Point Slam was king once, and then it wasn't, 
and it's fine because eventually it's going to get help. And if, you know, if the designers and the developers at CDPR who are, you know, planning these expansions can sort of have that roadmap, maybe they have some cards coming that make Assimilate already become, you know, a next tier one deck. So it's okay to be patient with these things and not jump the gun and change them just because they're not the best right now or they're not up to par with the other best things. I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I was I was solely talking from the perspective of what we would have to do to assimilate to make it good now. But yeah, you 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 uh you brought a very brought up a very good point that not everything has to be good right now because there's always rotation. Mm-hmm. There is always gonna be uh, a a new concept that's gonna be better than the, than some of the old ones, and and some old concepts are are, are gonna come on come uh, come out on top in 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 a couple of expansions. So yeah, I, I was just talking about the how assimilate is now and what we could potentially do potentially do to make it good now right now at this very moment but yeah um i was actually talking to to rishik about it on on, on partners discord and he, and he said it's it's an archetype it works it has a lot of support it's gonna get more support and we'll see how it goes uh uh down the road mm-hmm. i mean cards like glenn is definitely a help right oh yeah glenn is very very flexible and when are we are talking about specific cards because we got how many cards 84 this expansion, yeah, something like that. Yes, do you have plus, Do you have your favorite card favorite from the card. expansion pool? Yeah, Percival, definitely. Mm, I think I might. I mean, I think I mean Zoltan's Company is just like my kind of card, but it's a pretty basic card. I think Kikamore Queen right now is my favorite card, uh, just because it's the card that I play the most with. That wasn't just a crazy Squirtle card. Kikamore Queen interactions are are bonkers with with uh with uh karen Thier. and uh it's just a ton of fun right now with uh, erica swarm mm-hmm. yeah so you played a little bit on stream before it uh, crashed yeah yeah it's it i played a little good, bit yesterday too yeah yeah basically you play karen uh, as long as you can get kikamore queen in hand so i'm even running fisher king right now just to make sure it's like as consistent as consistent as possible but the rest of the cards you play in this deck is, are like pretty awesome. Like Erica's Behemoth is amazing, being able to spawn as many drones as you want. And then you play Karen Theory and Kikamore Queen to get a Kikamore Queen. And you, if you still have Whispering Hillock, you can replay Karen Theory for another Kikamore Queen. And then finally, mm-hmm. your third Kikamore Queen. And, you know, your opponent has to solve all those things. And it's, <laughs> it's weak. It's weak to hope. It's weak to Erden for sure. But I wasn't seeing that. So I was just like playing this and just dominating. <laughs> with this deck it's so crazy if, if they let you get into round three with this combo it's it's too fun it's too fun i'm i'm really digging this new new look kind of bug swarm kind of thing going on it has this zerg type of vibe to it which is really cool that i like um however if you're talking about one card that i really really enjoy when i first saw living armor I thought that this was going to be one of those cards that, you know, I, like this is what I wish that every expansion would have would be new types of interactions, really off the off the the beaten path types of of game text that aren't just boost by damage by. Like this is a very unique type of card that I thought can really. It's it's one of those cards that when you when you see your opponent play it you have a new ways to interact with your opponent's board that can change the change the way uh you know the, the round is gonna go and um 
it's a dangerous card because it's a pretty powerful card, but the way that you kind of deal with it is is on your opponent's side as well. Like I love this type of uniqueness, and Living Armor to me is probably one of the flagship cards out of the set that I can say, if you're looking at the game, if you're looking at Gwent, this is what you want Gwent to have every expansion is some type of interesting game text like this. And there's already some really, really interesting interactions with this card. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, Bane. Oh. Well, Bane yeah, did Bane. with Novgaard oh, and this card, where you so just creative. use the Alchemist to, to copy its power onto other units. And since it doesn't really affect Living Armor in any way, because it's going to get back to 10 in, 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 yeah. in no time, because it has 10 yeah. armor. You just, you just get, like, Alchemist? how much power? The Alchemist does that? Is yeah, that the Alchemist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's he, so cool. I didn't even think about yeah. that. That's yeah. Awesome. It's really <laughs> crazy. And he puts armor yeah. on, the, on, the, on the Living Armor, so it's more points as well. Yeah, this, yeah, it's a really good interaction. Yeah, and then he yeah. picked uh, the old, uh, yeah, what's the old Emir ability where you pick up a unit. So he does that. Uh, on the Alchemist. Yeah, yeah. So 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 you can actually play Alchemist again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get three Alchemists in in in, in one round. It's like Living Armor is the engine there. Yeah, it's, like it, it's, it's actually exactly away. how the old chi- uh, Fringilla cheese worked in, in back in back in beta. When, when you play Tibor, and then you copy its power onto the next unit, and then you pick up the, the, the Frangilla to copy the, the power of that unit onto another unit. And it was like very, very Scorch-prone, and but if your opponent didn't have Scorch or Igni, you just won the game by, by 100 points or something. Hand buff Nilfgaard, please, no. <laughs> the worst, one of the worst decks in all of Gwent, in my opinion. BJ, your favorite card. Is it is it really Percival? Yeah, I mean, I've been liking Percival a lot because I, I've always been liking the Harmony archetype. So I think it's a great addition. Other than that, I don't really have any other favorite card at the moment. <clears throat> hey, he's yeah. a gnome. We got some gnome yeah. buddies, yeah, finally. Finally. Yeah. finally. So that means that it's more procs on Harmony. Yeah, and it's his, a really simple work there. He has a bad yeah. hand. He has like Roach in his hand. Yeah. He has like <laughs> he wants he to has a bunch of cards that he can't play. Like Renew, you can assume that he can't play that either, I think. <laughs> yeah, but, but like the, the thing about Percival is that he's got Harmony too, so you're inclined to play him a little bit earlier to get as many procs off. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you kind of also want your your other harmonies on the board so that they get procced off of the gnome. So it's a little give and take. It, it's kind of like he's not as good as you might think he is, even though he has the Harmony 2, uh, two tag on him. And uh, But talk about great art. Like, that is some wicked art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I Chris feel like the premium... Pretty good. Yeah. But I do feel like the, the, the premium is a little bit unfinished. Yeah, I, I don't know. Really I can't really see that yeah, well. but that's often the case. Like you have to remember, make. I think they once explained it that making card a premium takes a lot of time and resources. It's not as easy as we think it is. Yeah. So of over time, you will see premiums being refined. I think that happened to Vivian. This patch, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but oh. uh, for example, the the pigeons in her card were just like mm-hmm. white blobs of flying things, oh. and 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 I and I really thought that was kind of weird. It didn't even look like like a bird, like let, let alone pigeon. And and then they fixed this patch, oh, so now wow. you know the premium is, is is actually much much better. See, this is another card. This is another card that I think you know a really unique 
ability that yeah, I really it love. Is, it is. I love this kind of stuff, you know. Enough of the uh, enough of the boost by X, like enough of that stuff. Like let's just make some really cool interactions and let people get creative with their decks. And if freaking amazing decks come out of it, then so be it. Then make amazing decks and make amazing counters. You know, we need amazing players to make these decks, man. Like enough of catering to very simple lines of play. Let's make some crazy stuff out there. And you can act. It's, it's, this is my favorite card of the expansion. And you can actually do some really interesting stuff with it because Razor the, Ramon. Like, the, the, <laughs> like the, the way people play Ramon is, oh, I'm just copy, gonna copy Derland Soldiers. That's it. But you can use them in essentially every Nilfgaard deck. You can use them with Ardo to copy Venendals. Like, like mm -hmm. eight point Venendal on a Ramon. That's a that's a twelve point play for ten provisions. That's pretty good. You can you can do it on Nilfgaardian Knight. And the way I played it last stream was I was just playing six spotters per game. I was just I was just playing Emir with Ramon and and spotters and and Vrygev. I I I won maybe two games, but that thing was hilarious just to play spotters and copy spotters without any kind of operator in uh, Duchess's informant shenanigans. Just Ramon and Emir and Vrygev, and you get all these spotters on the board. And then you can even use Framedy to just buff these spotters if you want. And that's another great interaction. Like Ramon and Vrandy just, just work great, even if you don't use Derlin Soldiers. Because you get at least three copies, and that's 10 points on a 7-point gold, which is, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. It just I mean, this card really can still do... This card does, does everything. Like, this card can... Mm -hmm. this It's like a Dahlia, right? Like, it just... Mm -hmm. Every card that better. you want to copy is... Yeah. Is a soldier anyway. Almost. Yeah, and, and it procs deploy, it procs uh, simulate, it procs a lot of things. Yeah, it, it, it's so good. It's way better than Adalia. Like one proficient less, and one more base power, I believe, and then just really good. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very Plus, hard. you copy with armor. So, uh, yeah. let's say if you are playing against Syndicate, or if you are, uh, I mean, Poison will still just just kill it but syndicate and and, and bounties it, it's just gonna be so much power they're not gonna bother with with putting a a bounty on the card you, you copy because it's just not worth it so yeah ramon definitely my favorite card it's 10 provisions and actually you know you can play vivian on him like plus you six can. buff yeah if mm -hmm. you want to yeah you can i'm kind of half hoping now that we said razor ramon that his premium art eventually becomes him tossing a toothpick at somebody's face that would be <laughs> so good Calling them Chico, that would be so great. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish, I wish the premium was already released because it's yeah. a pretty good card. Yeah. Well, we gotta, we gotta talk to Long Artist Name and see when what they're doing with that <laughs> art. You know, I find it really strange they have Long Artist Name under cards where they, like, I mean, they know the artists' names. Yeah, yeah. like it's not a secret. What? Like, it's not Banksy for Christ's it sake. Just, like, just, just go ask the guy to write his name down. It doesn't seem like it just doesn't seem like that. Like it seems like it's weird that there is that 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 was something that they couldn't finish. Like they couldn't fill in. Yeah, the because they already uh, names on it. Yeah, but because they, they had already time to copy paste. I mean, it just really like it this... really just shows like the rush right there. Just like mm -hmm. shit, we don't have the artists. Yeah. Well, we we never have the artists for the expansion, which is pretty true. Like the you usually don't have the artist credits there. But they, it's almost maybe because they didn't have space for it. It's like, well, let's just put something there. We have to hit, we have to hit send. We have to hit send. And they just like just control veed, control C, control veed, put something there. I don't know. But to I, be honest, to be honest, right now, I, I'm just not sure if they really had no time 
or if they're just screwing around because they have a reputation to uphold. It's like, we are not gonna put the artist's name because people know it's not gonna happen. Like, it, we, we, we know the artist, we have the name, but we're not gonna do it because... Because we maybe can. the artist maybe the artist was just literally like this is my professional it's like my <laughs> pseudonym or whatever like you know this is my you know this is the name I go by like you know this is my stage name kind of thing maybe this person is like the share of Gwent art you know where they try to change their name around a little bit do some like weird stuff and just like nope this is my name I'm long artist name and that's I who I am I actually have some trivia uh, the Draco turtle is actually an Anna Potadwarna piece of oh. artwork. Which is, in, which is interesting. I mean, I, I'm less interested. Like, this is like a huge Reddit thing. Um, like, people love this artist a lot. And for yeah. good reason. She's a, she's a fantastic artist. But this, the narrative here is that she left CDPR a while ago and she's done like some artwork for Magic the Gathering and now she works at a different game studio and people are... She also did, she also did The Good Boy. She also did Knickers. So yeah. it's like uh, people were like, saying that they'd never see another piece of art from her again but she did a lot of unused art for cd project red so this is an anna p artwork but wow. even this doesn't say that it says long artist name yeah and lorenzo posted glennis i think isn't didn't he do glennis lorenzo mastriani who's what my personal favorite because he has he did Tristan really Mises, which is my personal favorite artwork i think in the game and he's just amazing but that's lorenzo i think who did this so it just seems like it's I this it's like a weird choice. Yeah, and it's and silly because they just didn't update this build in time. I'm not really sure. Yeah, because they already figured it out before the expansion release. They 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 found it out in the in the video, the death, yeah, the, yeah. The death video. So it's really yeah. And I don't the know video was that. recorded at least like two days prior to the expansion. It must be a build thing. They just meant to get it into the build and didn't. And then in the hotfix, they didn't. And then in the second hotfix, they didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. But speaking of Anapi, uh, we actually asked Buja about it on the last podcast. Because that was that was one thing that people were really curious about. Like, but, but he said he just, she just wanted to move on. There was no bad blood or anything involved. She just wanted to... Uh, she just wanted a change of scenery, I guess. I mean, her art is good. But it's I mean, absolutely people, amazing. Yeah, people move. People, yeah. people yeah. move on to other things. Yeah. Like all, all the amazing cards, like Imlarith and and uh, uh, one of my favorites, Ida. It's 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 also her art. Oh yeah, no, she's fa- she is fantastic. But you but touched, I mean, like, you she didn't draw them all, and they're all good. <laughs> a very interesting topic, the good boy. So I guess now yeah. is the moment to talk about problematic cards and decks that we've Oof. already spotted a couple of days mm. into the expansion, yeah, okay. and I think the good boy is definitely number one when you want to talk about cards that could be a problem down the line. So you <laughs> think Nickers is a problematic card? Yeah, I think it is. Let's talk about it. I haven't had a problem with this card yeah, yet. Yeah, me neither. This, Some this people was a haven't card. had problems with Affen either, and I have had two problems with that card. So. Yeah, I have problems with Affen as well. Oh, okay. So it's not just me. This is a card that, remember McBee at the, in like the the yeah. room at, at cdpr when we saw this card we essentially just ganged up on jason slama and asked him so many questions about this card and he was just Everybody so bummed about it, it. We're, we were there and we're like okay so is it is it 
total related? Is it card based related? Like, and he's like, I don't know. And he's like, and if 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 I do tell you, or if someone does figure it out, I am just gonna hot fix it and change it. So who cares? Yeah, that's the thing. As soon as someone, yeah, I I would like to see if this actually occurs, but. Yeah, if somebody figures out exactly exactly how this card works, and if you if you're just watching the podcast, uh, so Nickers will could at any point mm-hmm. in round one come out when you play a card, and if he doesn't come out in round one or round two, he's guaranteed to come out in round three yeah. at yeah. some point. But there's no game in which he just won't appear. I think you, he'll mm-hmm. always exactly, appear. Yeah. You just never know when he'll appear. Mm-hmm. It's guaranteed. So what, but is the problem that he can appear at a time that like what? Where's the problem? What makes him worse than like? Uh, he can uh, he can jump on the board after you passed. That's at least that's what people are saying. So he can basically oh, yeah. the war dancer trick. Hmm. Hmm. So but you can after you pass. No, the war dancer problem was that it was at the beginning of the round. That yeah, but let's been. let's say you pass because you thought you thought okay. Your opponent might be playing Nickers, but I'm like three points ahead, so I'm gonna pass. And then your opponent passes, and Nickers come out, and it's a draw. Oh yeah, that's that's terribly frustrating. Or uh, or that. it's round two. You're you, you think okay, I'm just gonna dry pass because I really fought you know tooth and nail to have the last say. And then your opponent's like, okay, Nickers, boom. Yeah, but that that person must have been cracking the code in that guy's like. Why else would you, uh, you know, pass? Yeah, well, passing and, and getting it is like you're risking just losing the game. <laughs> I feel yeah, like exactly. you just do that. Whereas Sometimes on the you other... got to YOLO yeah. it, you know. You just got to yeah. trust in the good boy. But I it... mean, we already uh, started making a drinking game with the, the Knickers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like for example, when you uh, you you assume it's coming out and it's not coming out, you have to drink. <laughs> and if you say it's not coming out and it comes out, you have to drink again. It was really funny. <laughs> so, on that note, the whole point of you know it, you, taking that risk to win a game off of a, a you know a knickers that comes out because it would be like the the craziest thing and like like you're like like it was said in the chat right now 10 percent to win with card advantage or 90 percent to lose the game in poker there's a, there's a whole uh mantra of you don't you don't chase a flush or you don't chase a straight you just if you don't have the cards after the flop you kind of just fold it you don't you don't pay into a losing hand and that i everybody loves that one that one poker player who you know finds that miracle card and feels invincible so they'll continuously play you know, recklessly, and in the long run, nine out of ten times they'll lose. But that one time out of ten will make them continue to make bad decisions. So if somebody wants to pass, thinking that they can get Nickers out reliably on that three-point play, so be it. Good for you. I hope that it works out for you once, so the other nine times you lose miserably. Yeah, but it's, it's not only that. For example, you can you can pass round one thinking my my lead is comfy enough, and then your opponent plays a big card, and you know Nickers. Came come out, and you know instead of spending two cards, you, for example, you only have to spend one card to cut. Maybe catch he's in. maybe he's linked to to your own frustration and heart rate, where like there's some crazy Gwent technology out there that reads your frustration and your like your emotional state. Where 
if you really don't want him to show up, he will show up and ruin your life. And that's how it. That's that's <laughs> yeah, but the. Just imagine the pure frustration. You think like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I have a comfy lead. I'm just gonna pass. Your opponent thinks, okay, I'm gonna play two cards. That's still fine. He plays one card, and then boom, Nicker shows up. Okay, I, I guess I just have to play one card. Easy game. Yeah, I, I completely agree that that is absolutely crazy frustrating. And I mean, we have to also appreciate the fact that there were days where the RNG was much more egregious and, and much more frustrating than this. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think that three point three point random RNG. I can digest that on occasion. If it's gonna come up and you know ruin a game now and then, like you know on the uh, in the long haul, if it's just you know one or two games over the span of fifty, I'll I'll take that in stride if it means never having to see a uh, another runestone absolutely just devastate my board. Like yeah. that's all I gotta say. Yeah. Do you do you guys remember the the old beta days where Create was still very very strong and was being played at tournaments and Shoop was making appearances on tournaments? That was the kind of RNG that I'm not gonna miss in Gwent. Like, hey, Shoop's still making appearances. Oh yeah, Shoop. Yeah, but you, you don't have the old slave drivers or the old uh, Elven scouts. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really slave drivers were the worst. <laughs> were so but, bad. You know, Nickers, yeah. I think it is slightly problematic, but it's not as problematic as Affen. Affen is just Oh god. Like, this, so, is, yeah, this, this is basically this the war dancer. This card. Yeah, this card just jumps out at the beginning of a round if your opponent has it on top of their deck through a mulligan. It counts as being moved there. Like if you just mulligan it and it ends up on the top of the deck and you'll be in your mulligan screen and you'll hear this dude be like, Alright whatever he says. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know like the meme about a voice line yet. The, the, he's not saying. He's saying something in in Nilf Guardian, so it's not going to be a too fast for you, Dwan meme. It's just going to be whatever he says. But I hear it yeah, in the too, too, screen. Too I'm fast like, for no! you, barbarian. Yeah, it's like PTR, like what a PTSD, <laughs> PTR, PTRSD. Yeah, but it's just like. I have, I'm like, I can't believe I'm, this is happening again. I can't believe I'm in my mulligan screen and I'm hearing my opponent get points. This is fucked up. There is your dry pass. There is your. There, there goes your entire strategy of of winning round one and having the last say. That's it. Like I have a little, I have a little clip, just a little clip of me experiencing this, and it's very clear what is happening. I got on red coin. I got Calvin on even cards. I'm like, oh yeah, we'll do the quick pass. We'll go up with the, you know, and I was going to do the quick pass on him, but oh, there's Affen Hillegrand saving his life, and he gets the X. He gets his card. That was, so, a, that, that was a poignant six-second clip, McBee, because I remember watching it, and it's just you saying, yeah. like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's all it is. My, it's, my reaction tells it all. It's so concise, yet it just punches with such emotion. Like, I listen to it, and it's just like, what the hell is this? And then clip ends, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel that. I totally feel that pain. Yeah. 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 The second time it happened, I was not as... I was a little bit more. I do like the card. I do like the card. The card is great. The play with Albrecht, the play with yeah. uh, like the obviously how Morvern does it. And uh, and you can uh, sear it back into the deck. Like you can play with Albrecht for like, it's like, it feels like Darren Morkfarg, right? It's like a tidy two card play that takes a card out of your deck. It's almost identical. Then you sear it back in and you play, you play uh, Morvern's ability, Imperial mm-hmm. Formation again, and he comes back later. Like that's how the card should work. And it's fine. Yeah. But yeah. 
when it word answers out of the deck during my mulligan phase. That's not cool. It could be problematic. It could be worse. Just imagine if he would automatically jump on the board whenever he was on top of your deck. So, you know, work on so you see his second, you play the first card and he jumps. That would be even worse. But it does not count I mean, as moving. It, it, it would have to interact differently if, like, it's, there's, there's two triggers. Is like, is it on the top of the deck or is it not on the top of the deck? Because that's why I think it's what's happening. Because as soon as it's on the top of the deck, it plays it. Even if it's not moved to the top of the deck, that's that's so the wording in the tooltip. But I don't want it to be changed. I don't want the tooltip to be changed. I just never want it. I want it to only play if it is like part of a move mechanic. Yeah. Like, put there by a card mm -hmm. like you yeah. novice albrecht fisher king whatever like all those cards specifically but not mulligans and not i played a card like if you play if you play vilgefortz and vilgefortz plays the top card from your deck and affin is the next card is affin autoplay i don't know that interaction i have like, not is that, is that how it works right yet. now i, I mean so, uh yeah he is uh Dr. i mean, was saying that does doesn't uh so Mulligan is qualifying as a move right now. I know yeah. that for a fact, but but some but sometimes he's not moved, but he is still on top of the deck. So Mulligan just needs to be uh, given that same condition, I think. Yeah, yeah Doctor Dennis was saying it. It doesn't work with like War Council, for example. Yeah, it doesn't. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. the second card. You pick the first card. Uh, we are losing McBeard oh. again. Oh. I'll oh. fix it. Oh, he's back. Wait. No, it's gone. Oh, 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 it's back. I think he's oh. resetting the call. Yeah, there he is. Is. <laughs> uh, you were resetting the call, right? Yeah. But yeah, speaking of top of the deck shenanigans, that's actually a very interesting play to uh, to counter defenders. Like, of, of course, with the exception of Syndicate, but if you have like a big defender, you can always Yennefer Invocation him, and then you use Vilga Force to get him on your side of the board. Yeah. I did that with the Skellige Defender a couple of times. Guys, no, yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. My connection is bad right now. It's not speaking until it's here. Okay. But what even is more problematic is like the interaction with... Um, and I'm not even sure if I should talk about this because people can abuse it. Um, I already told CD Put Red about it, but if you purify Defender or, or a unit with Shield and you uh, yoink it with like a Philippa, it just crashes the game. It's a draw. Wait, what? What? Like these yeah. are more game breaking bugs? Like are these? Yeah, really game breaking. Well, can find out who starts abusing this kind of stuff. Who knows? And we, do we lose Big Beard again? Big Beard's back. He is back. He is back in action. Guys, don't wait for me. I, if I'm not talking, it's because my connection is bad. But it's yeah, it's, it's, it seems we, we already had an episode, or actually a couple of episodes, where we had a silent partner in crime. Because the first episode, our co-host Villa was just so far behind with the delay. He was just sitting there and would ask a question, and it would take around 30 seconds for him to hear it. Yeah, And, and, and then the last episode, he was just sitting there. We were talking to Pavel, and, and Villa was just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> So we are, we are used to yeah. it. Yeah, we got to go across the ocean. You know, it's got to go to space, back, and, you know, 
it's the world of the future. Yeah, our our yeah. internet is kind of like it's a mix of copper wiring and maple syrup. It's just not ideal just yet here in Canada. We're figuring no, it out though. No duct That's tape. Why I see the two of us on at the same time. It's just it, this is like our the Canadian satellites are just sweating right now. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, I know it's probably too early to talk about, but how would you rate the balance of the expansion so far? Before before any kind of hotfakes, based on your experience in the last couple of days. So wait, you're asking what would be like the quickest, like if we had to make like three changes right now, like what would we do? Or we yeah, how would you rate the balance? Is, is there anything how that's... How would you rate the balance? Oh, okay. The balance. Hmm. I would say, let's see. I mean, how would I rate the balance? I mean, I, I, it's, I can't do that really on day three, but I can offer some suggestions i think yeah that's that's basically what i'm looking for so i don't know what needs to be done necessarily with scoyatel i think it's probably like do i don't want to i don't want them to nerf all the new cards i think that maybe monroe probably doesn't need to be seven like if we're just looking at the sheer amount of like points that are just coming out of the new cards like I don't think Monroe has to be seven. I don't know if even Zoltan has to be six, but that's like whatever stuff. But I think that the Mahakam guard is just, I, 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 the way I put it on when I tweeted about it is just, you went from zero to hero. This card was so awful, right? It was a five provision point, two strength card that could never get good value. And now it's four provisions at three strength and you're playing it for like nine, 10, 11 points on the top end. And the later you go into like round one, you can just play this Mahak you play Mahakam guard. Like that's how you keep up. That's how you keep up with while your opponent is playing their big bomb cards, you're just playing Mahakam guards. And it's so easy to stack the rows up. But I like the row stack dwarves. Like, okay, like that's like a classic beta staple and row stack dwarves is back. And it's like, you know, that's okay. It's just the the cards that card and Barclay L's are are just like they seem hyper overtuned now based and on Zoltan. how yeah, and Zoltan too. Like it's just it's so easy to get so many dwarves on the board. Zoltan's an interesting case where his restriction is his restriction is fair-ish. I guess it's like now it's his strength level that may be too high. Like his body might be too high for his effects. Like or his or his provision level is too good at eight. Maybe he needs to be a nine. Like I think his effect is you know it's kind of like Yaven, but elves are worse, right? If elves were better, Yaven would be crazy too, right? Yeah. So. Uh, but also Zoltan destroys the unit, goes through armor because it doesn't actually deal any damage. So that's interesting. That's like one more extra reason why he's super good in an armor world. Like it's just he's very, very good. Zoltan. Uh, we're talking about Zoltan Chevet, not Zoltan Warrior, who is also good because if you could just play, you know, you play Echo, Zoltan's Zoltan's uh, company twice, new Zoltan, so 18 points. I don't know. One thing that instantly crossed my mind when you said it's 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 a beta staple, I was like, don't give them ideas because next patch, they're just they're gonna just slap Brazilians on those dwarves. <laughs> no, 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 no. They took the resilience off the dwarves. No, they're they're showing that they're showing they're like they want to maybe take resilience out a little bit. And now Gabor is oh man, that taking Gabor, <laughs> taking around with Gabor is uh, oh yeah, frustrating. We gotta get muzzle back in this meta asap. Yeah, that the Mazel is just like Arda is still crying in the corner about what happened to Mazel. Yeah, no tactic, but they got he got a better tactic. Like it's you can't mano it though. That's that's the real crying yeah. shame. You can't mano. Like, personally, I think Arda is still gonna be uh, the best Novgard deck to be played. Yeah, 
Like, proactive yeah, Nilfgaard is fun to play if it works, but against other proactive decks, like Kalanth, Dwarves, even mm -hmm. some monster decks, even Skellige Engines, you just can't really match the points. Yeah. So, so the question was about balancing, though. I think yeah. I think we were talking about balancing, and I think we got I got I I totally yeah. derailed it. So I just want to say like just two more quick things. Um, yeah. I think Savola is I think Savola is just too many points, especially <laughs> in combination with Louisa. No, I specifically specifically that combination, the twenty four point two card combo, where in a faction that had to maybe ramp up to its full potential and now has a short round like blowout. I don't really think that that's what the faction needed and i think it's like a bike in power to fill a gap that the faction's good like the faction was good already and mutated mm -hmm. dire hand is like also pretty crazy good too yeah it's, like it's just good cards that the faction got when they were already really good so it's like okay well we'll swap out maybe like these other cards that were good but not 24 points good and still play our amazing packages that are good like it's i, I just think that civil is maybe like I can count, and I just seem think it's like it's too many points. Yeah, it's but, it's twenty four points in two plays. And uh, I think that's what was the other thing that I thought that might be might be overtuned. I'm not really sure yet, but I think that Savola stands out as kind of crazy. Like I only really don't I I I don't complain about Savola because I've been playing dwarves and mostly, and I've been playing like crazy combo ramp monsters. So I'm I'm so I'm like ballparks away from them when they play Savola. Mm. I don't even feel it, but I've lost to it with that with worst decks and it's just like what am i supposed to do you can't do anything you see louisa and that's it you know it's happening yep. you can't stop yep. it it's annoying yeah yeah i think the <laughs> only option left is to maybe leo or just kill the frightener yeah maybe tall removal but yeah but it trades down to tall removal that's the thing mm. like you played your two point your three point Geralt to kill the 12 point frightener and he still got six points like he still gets savola still gets good trade on the tall removal too so it's yeah. just like you still not even that great yeah, it's 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 yeah. really interesting how we had this faction with a very strong long round and now it has a short round three that's equally strong to hyper thin it's just wow yeah the thing is i have not seen that much hyper thin although i have not played a lot of ranked only five matches. Yeah, that's, but, uh, that's surprising because Hyperthink should be stronger now with War Council and stuff like that. Yeah, he's... Perhaps, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's a, the, the matchups have all changed. Like, it's... The, obviously, matchup against, matchups against Dwarves and matchup against, I guess, whatever the strongest deck that's popular on a given day. Especially in the expansions where, like, any, you know... Uh, like Shinmiri or Pumpkin or somebody who's at the top of the directory could be streaming like something and just be doing really, really well with it. And that completely changes. Like in the first week of the expansion, that could happen so many times. Yeah. But like a lot of people tried Dwarves first and it was just like so clear that this deck can do, that can do it all at any given time in the round. So I think yeah, because that, it's very easy however, to, it's very easy to build. You, you don't really need to have an insane knowledge of the game or you don't need to be a, a great deck builder. You just, you just... Slap, slap some dwarves into your deck and boom, you're done. You can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess we have to wait a couple more days, like yeah. maybe a week. But have we actually seen something that's like completely broken? As, uh, broken as in it's not working as intended? With the exception of Affen, that's kind of a touchy issue. It's a question mark. Have we seen anything like that? I don't think so. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, is it happening again? Uh, it's another polar bear attack on the igloo. <laughs> the igloo internet infrastructure has been infiltrated by uh, an army of angry beavers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that or McBeard is just a Cylon. McBeard is a Cylon, and uh, he is uh, here to essentially eradicate us all. Can you confirm or deny this, McBeard? <laughs> See, I can are hear you, you guys. So, are you a Cylon? Okay. All right. Well, I think we're are we stable? Are we good? I think we're good. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was asking about cards that are broken. Like, is there anything that we've seen that's just not working as intended, other than the Philippine interaction and often? No, I've, I don't think I've so. Not I think seen that, that, it, else. like in in that regards, it's it's a pretty good expansion, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Um, oh, there's a there's a lot of new elements, which is always good. Adding extra flavor and uh, you know new elements like armor, etc. I'll, I'll always be a fan of adding new layers to the game. For instance, with you know when. Uh, uh, when Novigrad came out and they they added, you know, syndicate, but the ad, but not just syndicate, but the coin feature as well, which is is, you know, which is great. So now we have extra ways to manipulate the game state with armor and defender and and mm -hmm. things like that. But it has to go beyond just you know blanket mechanics like armor or defender. I think it has to go further to actual more cards that are unique, more cards that can be played in various ways that are not one-dimensional. And I think that that is what makes this set particularly interesting because you have cool cards like Living Armor or Knickers or, you know, mm -hmm. on top of the fact that they added uh, new gameplay mechanics. Yeah, and talking about armor, there was actually a question uh, from Milan Troska about armor. Like, um, should they implement armor to like old cards, and nah. is is it a little bit overdone to give like armor to like a Geralt Axie, for example? I think I think adding I think I like what they did where they kind of put all the armor into the one expansion because mm -hmm. kind of going back and just like when you add an expansion, you don't want like and no other card game would do this, right? Like when they when they added Discovered Hearthstone, they didn't add they didn't put Discover on other cards. And you know, when they had keywords in Magic the Gathering, I mean, it, that's not a digital card game. Well, it is, but it isn't. You know what I mean? Like it's you don't just come up with an effect that's good and then just go ahead and just add it to everything in the back end because yeah. it's just it kind of dilutes what you're getting out of a expansion, I guess. Like if you want to play with armor and like there's armor like it's interesting the way they kind of put armor on everything i don't think they needed to put armor on everything my ex my suspicion is that they wanted to have the cards that interacted with cards that had armor to have heavier interaction with like a powerful legendary that has like one piece of armor on it so it's automatically susceptible to like the extra damage from one eyed betsy or whatever like i can only i can't really imagine why else they would have done stuff like that but also to give them a protection against lacerate uh yeah. or against pings just to devalue just to further devalue damage uh just because or random pings just because all these good cards happen to have armor on them as well but the question was like is the expansion a good expansion um in my first couple of days playing it 
I would say that even though the power level of some of the decks, it's not just dwarves, like a lot of the decks when they're winning, like they can, they just like, they're, they're running away with the game. Um, so if you can kind of execute, I feel like it's all about executing a position of like playing first in a decisive round or getting the pass you need to just make that play early in the round that makes your opponent say, I don't think I can answer that with this hand. And this, it like, it's almost like that decision can come earlier these days. Cause it's like, you know, if you can't answer defender onto the quadruple mercenaries, or you can't answer the triple Kikamore queen or whatever, you just kind of, you know, it's over earlier. I feel like that's how I felt about this expansion. I feel like I know games are over earlier than they are hmm. on one side yeah. of the board or the other, either me or my opponent. I feel like I'm conceding with good, like with really good knowledge, like that I'm out of the game more often. So I think that the power level is really spiky right now. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because the spiky power level of new things just pushes everything else down. So it would mean like there'd be like smaller uh, smaller chunks of tiers, which is not good. You want to have like big chunky tier lists, like five in tier one, five in tier two, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I want to see that stuff kind of settle. But if there's a hot fix coming, we'll have to see kind of what settles because God, at least fix the sound bug. That's all I got. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. That's so terrible. I hate it so much. I want to play on the new ship, but I don't want to deal with all day oh, long. And the, the problem the, is, the problem the is, if you actually lower the sound effects, it's going to yeah. kill the audio of some cards because some yeah. voice lines are apparently sound effects. But the ship, like the the board sound effects aren't, they, they don't care about, none of the numbers you can change in the audio settings changes the volume of this, the board right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like personally, I, I I get a headache when I'm when I'm playing on the shipboard, so I just disable it. I'm just playing on my board all the time. I can't wait to play on that shipboard. <laughs> yeah, tried I, I don't know. It's something about the 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 motion, you know, that the ship moving, that that gives me a headache. So I I can't yeah. focus on what I'm doing, and I'm just you know constantly having like that that we- really weird feeling. So I'm just like I'm not gonna play. Just forfeit. Just change the board. Yeah, you're yeah. just getting uh, seasick. <laughs> but here's what i do like though i like that i can role play a little bit i can be like i'm right of it i'm in tamaria playing my first game and now i'm getting on my ship to go to a new place and i'm playing a yeah. game on the ship like actually feels like an rpg encounter it's like you know final fan like the early final fantasy and you can actually shoot the harpoon launcher or whatever it's called yeah yeah oh yeah Feels shout, out, shout out to everybody who makes those little pieces of wood fly up and the little clangs on the shields yeah. and the swords that's, that's really actually... nice I'm there was actually a bug in in the board. Like you can see a card uh, below the uh, the floor of the ship. Sometimes it's really weird looking. They should yeah they should look into that. But yeah, they'll fix. I mean, it's yeah. I, it's an ambitious board. I like it a lot. Yeah. I just want yeah. it to be not um, like static white noise in my ear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you you were talking about the feeling that sometimes sometimes you know the game is over quite early, and like one comparison that I've heard quite a lot is people are saying that they have the feeling they are playing Homecoming Gwent while their opponent is playing Beta Gwent, in the sense of raw power. <laughs> well, yeah, just... the decks are really strong right now. This is what I've always been curious about: is that when someone says, "Oh, you're playing an OP deck," it's like I it, I didn't bring it out of an attic somewhere where only I can play this deck. Like other people can play the cards that I play. So when it comes to power levels and the fact that certain decks are OP, yeah, it gets frustrating when everybody plays what's obviously more powerful, but in the same regard, you know, there's 
there's the the ratio of people who net deck and play what's strong just because it's strong and other people are playing it versus the the amount of people out there who are innovating and trying new things it's and and i sympathize with those who try new things because trying new things is really freaking like it it, mm. it just crushes your soul because on your path to making something great you might have this janky idea that you yeah, think can so be tuned hard. to be good but then as you're progressing through that that process of uh of improving it and refining it you're facing these net decks and you're facing these op decks so you're getting smashed and completely demoralized so i don't blame people for playing the best decks because it does feel good to win and it does feel okay to just play that easy mode and just cruise with what is already tuned and fine like you that deck that yeah. frequency on that deck is already dialed into a max it's already a 10 you know you can't go to 11. That's the scary part, though. Is it? It's only day three, like dwarves. Like, let's just say dwarves right, right now. Like, but is in, it in, actually as good as it could be? Because I'm scared that it isn't. Like, nothing in, is. In, in the grand scheme of the entire landscape of the game, it's the only, you know, it's the best out there. So it's effectively the the only 10 that is out there. If something surpasses it, it's no longer 10. But you know what I mean? It's the best out there. But the process for, for actually innovating, it's a very tough process to go through because you might have a good idea, but on your way to making that good idea a viable deck is a string of about 15 games where you might win twice and get absolutely slaughtered the other, you know, 13 times because their people are playing these big decks. So people just... It's hard. It feels bad to lose that way, and that's why people probably abandon the creative, uh, the creative aspect of it. So I applaud all those who try new things on the regular, and for those streamers who don't, who go out there and and even for anybody who posts decks that are outside the norm and and try new things to try to inject a little bit of creativity, like that feels good. So you know, in the same regard that I don't blame those who play those OP decks. I equally admire those who innovate and create because that you need more of that. But the ratio is is just completely off in one direction. Here's something that here's something that happens to me sometimes when I'm making a new deck, and this is the demor this is the demoralizing thing for me is that I will make, I'll get a cool idea, and I'll be working on it. And I'm like, oh, I'm losing a lot. I just need to make a couple of changes to make this better. Oh, I can see the changes, and then as I'm making the changes, I realize I'm just building the deck that's already popular and i'm just kind of like well this is better yeah this is yeah. better yeah well now yeah. i wouldn't run this well now the deck just looks like the strong version of this deck and yeah but that's why of, that's why I'm, the I'm game needs more unique cards yeah. well sure yeah yeah but i mean like it's like you kind of come to the conclusion where it's like the best way to play this is probably the way that people are playing this and can i have fun and still do as good as i can do some decks surprise us and especially now i mean i think i think that there's got to be some sleepers out there for sure. And yeah. I think that like I've been playing with Manticore Venom and even Ericus Venom, which is lower in the lower on the provision scale. Like if you are just running into people that are just spamming Dwarven Mercenaries, punish them with these. Yeah, cards. Right. It, it does only solve one of the many problems, but it like if you're trying to bleed them and they drop the four mercenaries and you, exactly. Ericus Venom, you actually can maybe bleed them or at least get them into a round three where they can't beat you. It is it is a card that matters that right now, Manticore mm -hmm. Venom and Eric. Um yeah, and you know, the one Vry Dragoon makes a world of difference. Oh boy. Because you know what, Northern Realms, they gotta play a lot of shit on range. Even if you move it early, they still have to play like Dandelion or whatever, Visa. Not well, Visa, yeah, Visa has to go in range as well. Visa go to so 
just move it to the front row and just you know clip them. Yeah, but um, you were talking about the deck building process that sometimes you have the feeling that you are just making a worse version of a deck that already exists. And yeah. in, in that in that department, the game keeps getting progressively better. Mm-hmm. When 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 Homecoming first dropped, I had the feeling for the first time we have fewer cards than in the previous version of the game. But you know, a couple of expansions later, there is just so many things you can experiment with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Well, the deck building process revolves typically around the fact that you're like, okay, this is a nice synergy, so let's let's work around this. And it usually, at least in my own brain, you see two or three cards that could have a cool interaction, and you go from that. Like I used to Karenthir, uh spear tip, and then play uh, Twisted Mirror on it to make it like a 23 point card. And that was a three card combo that was worth a ton of a ton of points. Those tiny plays. Well, that's it. And to me, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a tier 1 deck, it wasn't a, a high win percentage deck, but it was an interesting deck that was worth looking into and actually trying and to me that was part of the process, that's part of the enjoyment because being number 1 on pro ladder is phenomenal and I would love to do that one day and I never will. However, knowing that a lot of my enjoyment comes with the fact of finding these kind of cool combos and winning those games in that way. And a lot of the reason why that these decks can kind of come out of nowhere and be, you know, win some games, not all the games, obviously, uh, not even most of the games, is that there are cards like Caranthir and, and Twisted Mirror that have these interesting interactions that you can kind of base ideas around and then expand upon them. But if you're looking at something where it's like, well, all these cards kind of you know, boost each other up and do a lot of, of the similar things, but to uh, uh, the more that there are, the better it'll be, then eventually you have to start looking at your win rate of your janky idea, and then that's when you start pick and choosing and swapping in cards It's because, yeah, this card is better than this card. But again, the fundamental idea of the decks are fairly similar as it is because the actual uniqueness and, and um, um, you know... Th- the jankiness of the card set is not there for certain uh, for certain archetypes to exist or for certain ideas to actually blossom into something that you can play or, or build around. Yeah. For example, the Corsair, right? It's like basically copy of the Necrot ability. Um, yeah, that's a talking point. I think the fact that the, the reworked cards ended up feeling like they were just like you said, like the Necrot of the Seas and like the, uh, <laughs> the, the Garcane yeah. of Locks and I mean, it's it's fine, I guess. I think it's fine. I think that they could have made new cards. They didn't have to change. I mean, Master of Disguise, I guess I understand because that that's probably uh, it's a very it's a very crazy ability for a bronze card. I think, and the fact that you'd have to put it on an expensive bronze card, and they don't want to have expensive bronze cards anymore. I get it. Um, but I don't know. Like, what was the one I really didn't like? Slave Driver. That was the one I really hated. I thought, like, what's wrong with this card? What's that's a cool card. Oh, you mean Slave Hunter? Slave Hunter, Slave right? Hunter, sorry, yeah, Slave yeah, Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, like the so card. it's not seen play. Like it's still, I mean, like, yeah, it was a cool like... card, and I was actually crazy enough to play it last season. It did not go very well. I like Marchers always finds it. So if like if there's a meta where you think you actually can steal something, I mean, it was like so weak. I mean, it's just like it's it, you're only you're. It, it felt like. It got, it got its value because it's usually swinging like two or three, I guess. So it's like usually getting 
you know, it sometimes can steal an engine, I guess, especially in this current meta, like you'd get the Dwarven Mercenary, let's just say for an example, or a Rowdy Dwarf. Like that's not even that good, but you could have made it better or left it. I just don't think they needed to take it away. There must have been a reason. There must have been something. They really yeah, like, it was it was one of those cards that were so bad that you always had the feeling maybe people who are smarter than me and who are more knowledgeable than me when it comes to Gwent have overlooked it. Maybe there's something yeah. to this card that I can I can I can build around. And now it's just now be, it's just yeah. another another assimilate card. The same the same way Master of the Sky is just another plus one engine. I see it more mm, as a yeah. placeholder for potentially a better uh, ability in the future i just no i mean that's the other thing Stop, like we are moving forward with expansions right now the changing of old cards is something that i at this point would like to see as little of as possible uh, yeah like unless like obviously when you look at how much stronger mahakam guard and barkley else have gotten with the new cards that yeah, would be enough. it would be a different story if Mahakam Guard was never buffed in the first place. If Mahakam Guard was still a five strength, two provision or sorry, a five provision, two strength card, it would be it would have been bad for much longer until now. And then you'd consider running it because you know you'd still get it to like eight, you'd still get it to eight or nine or whatever, uh seven or eight, I guess, if it was at that strength level starting. But that's pretty good for the five strength card, and it's an it's an engine. Oh, I keep on talking about this card. It's like an <laughs> engine that gets all its value like later. You never have to protect it. You like old enforcers yeah. or imperial brigades, you just play yeah. the spies, and retroactively you get all the value. Yeah, it's just the, what I was trying to say is that changing old cards. I feel like when it comes to completely changing abilities, like nerfing cards, okay, yeah. that'll happen. But completely changing and, abilities, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I know these cards now. Like, can we just get to know these cards? Expanding on that thought of changing well-established concepts, unbinding leaders from their abilities. It's it's something that I was asked just to talk about on, podcast, on the podcast. What do yeah. you guys think about the idea of just having the leader skin separate from the ability? So I actually I actually spoke about this yesterday on another podcast about exactly what Gwent was doing with this. And the way I thought about it, the way I had to, I had to explain it was, imagine you're playing Mortal Kombat and you like Scorpion's skin, but you like Liu Kang's moveset. I'm like, would you still play the game if you could use any moveset with any other skin? And it was kind of a mixed, you know, a, a little bit of a mixed... Um, uh, reaction to that, but because a lot of people just automatically as, as, um, associate the move set with the actual skin, and that's just kind of how that goes. Mm -hmm. um, how do I feel about it? Well, the problem is, is that moving forward, there are now six factions. Whenever you want to create a new leader or add new aesthetics to the game, you now have to create a move set or an ability to match that leader, and at the same time, so that people don't freak out and claim that they are some type of victim because they main Skellige and Northern Realms got a new leader, you probably have to go ahead and make a leader for all six factions, meaning you need six new abilities to go with it. And that, I'm not saying that CDPR is afraid of hard work. I'm saying that that's a big, big ask to, in, uh, to bring in six brand new leaders and make sure that everything's balanced. It is a monumental task to balance and do that. That said, why not in, you know, bring in skins uh, 
of your favorite characters that frankly, it's a business. There are salaries at CDPR. They have to actually eventually make money. So it is a way to just go ahead and buy the skins and, and do that. Now, are they doing it in the right way? That's a different discussion, but separating it. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I think that it wouldn't have been an issue if they started it this way, because you would never, you would never associate the, the, the actual ability with the leader for the most part. But I do see how a lot of the leaders from, you know, beta Gwent or, you know, from, from old Gwent, three row Gwent, a lot of the, the, the flavor of the leader abilities was really linked to the character and the character from the lore. So people already associated it. So separating them has ruffled some feathers, obviously. But in the long run, I think this is the way that you have to do it in order to offer better aesthetics like skins, you know, uh, for for your leaders or your gameplay without having to commit to six brand new ability sets every time you want to introduce new uh, new characters to the game. I think... Um... I remember when I used to follow League of Legends, they were uh, they were really, really proud of the fact that all of their heroes had all their, yeah, all their champions, all their champions had um, a very unique and defined silhouette. So when you watch the game at any given time, regardless of the skin you had on that character, you looked at the character and you just kind of knew, I know this character by the way they're standing, by the way they're running. And it's good for a viewer, like specifically for a viewer, because I, I, I watched more League than I played. I played it, but I watched a lot of it at the time. And it's, it was just, it's important. And as a returning viewer, you know, they change, they update their models, but mm -hmm. as a returning viewer, I can look and I can see, you know, the way that, uh, I, even if Anivia is wearing like a whatever skin, I know what I'm looking at and I, yeah, I, I'm, exactly. I'm reminded. So for Gwent, I think, so for as far as the leader decoupling, I think it feels bad. I think it does feel bad. I think that uh, Flake's uh, fighting game comparison is uh, a very good comparison uh, because you there's a visual association with a lot of the stuff that happens. Now in a fighting game, it's a little bit different. You have to react a lot faster. And I think I'm just going to have to get used to it, but it's really hard for me to say that it feels good. Um, I do tend to just put like I was building my bug monster deck and I was using my unseen elder blood armor skin that I got from the Crimson Quarter pre the Crimson Chris pre-order, uh, which was kind of the flagship flagship example of, hey, we made this awesome skin, but elder's not played. So, you know, we want you to be able to use it if you bought it and that's and you like it. But I realized I just wanted to play Erica's Queen with my yeah, Swarm deck. And when it comes to like making deck names, like whenever I'm like titling my YouTube stuff, I used to say, I used to say, Bran, Skellige Discard, or I just said something like that. But now I have to be like, now I have to put more in there for people to understand what it is. Like the, the deck names are longer if I'm explaining, like, what are you playing? Well, I'm not playing Fultos Commandos anymore. I'm playing, you know, Inspired Zeal with the Commando Package. Like just extra words, just extra words added. Um, I kind of like the idea of maybe just calling the abilities like I wish they would have just called it like full test charm and self charm or something like that. But, you know, I, I think there's probably like a hundred different creative takes you could have take, taken with it. Um, I think that, you know, it's just a creative decision. And oh, the last thing I wanted to say, I was trying to remember my last point. The reason why this feels so bad, I think, for a lot of people is and the reason why they could have Flake said they could have started. If they started like this, it wouldn't be such an issue. But much like everything in Gwent, it started with a base idea from Witcher 3 Gwent. And in Witcher 3 Gwent, we had leaders, leader cards. So as we have continued to move forward, things about Gwent have changed to be not so Gwenty. And this is just another one of those changes where leaders have been my supplementary ability to my cards. That's how it's always been. And that's kind of just 
in a way, doesn't feel like that anymore. So people are just, people have their aesthetic problems with it. They have their mental problems with it. Like I look at Harold, I expect Harold and I forget, ah, I'm not playing against Harold. You know, it's just, everybody's going to have their own journey that they have to take with it. But um, I haven't heard anybody say, this is great. More, yeah. Mostly people are just tolerating it or yeah. just saying like, okay, I'm okay with it. But no one has said, this is a great change. I feel like well, I, I, I think that it, no one said it's great yet because they haven't necessarily seen the p- potential future benefit of it because now you can just say between expansions, you know, you can be like, we have a new leader skin if you want, like it's five bucks and here's a great new character with all these animations and blah, 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 plus the card back that comes with her. So that's the benefit that we don't see yet because you could actually release these little uh, bundles, you know, like these like $5 bundles of a skin, a border, an avatar, like, you know, like a, a portrait and a card back for five bucks without having to do much else. It's like, you know, oh, in 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 November we're releasing a brand new Nilfgaard leader skin with uh, or leader avatar with this card back. This blah 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 blah. It's five bucks, and Nilfgaard players might get it because it's it is a microtransaction that's digestible for those who want to make that investment. Because five bucks for the faction that you main, like I wouldn't buy a Skellige one. I wouldn't buy a, a Northern Realms yeah. one. I'd buy a Monster one. I'd buy a, a potentially a, a Nilfgaard one. But that's just this is the future benefit of this disassociation that we haven't seen yet because we haven't seen what it could potentially bring us. We've seen it with Radovid uh, right now, but Radovid was essentially linked to this bundle that was fairly pricey. So not everyone necessarily got him right away. Uh, whereas the in the future, you can get these unique leaders in these kind of, you know, these bundles that are purely aesthetics. That is just, it's mm-hmm. just cosmetic. But you can yeah. see what the people want there in the chat, right? They want Dandelion, they want Geralt, they yeah. want wrong, another mistake. <laughs> well, that's no, but that's it. And, and that's great because you can get like imagine getting a oh, here's like a remember, remember when we were in closed beta when they had the old school, was it like the old Geralt portrait? And you could only get it uh from being in in like what is it, the alpha or the closed beta or something like that? Witcher one, Geralt, yeah. Yeah, there was what and 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 that's the thing and like that I have it and you don't and I got it because I was there in a certain time. Well, you could have it where like imagine having that particular era of Geralt as your avatar and it's neutral. Like you could play it as any type of faction you want, let's say. Uh, but you have it and you have a card back that comes with it. You have the the border that comes with it. You have the title underneath your name that comes with it and this is what we can see. Imagine one of these coming out, let's say once a month or once every two months as a way to sort of bolster the income for, uh, for, um, for CDPR without having to pry uh, or without having to throw like a 50 or $60 bundle at you every three months when a new expansion comes out. Cause that is a big ask. That is a huge ask for people who have hordes of gold and scraps already saved up for this kind of stuff. So maybe a $5 bundle with this kind of thing, that's the benefit we'll see down the line. Uh, you are talking about the um, customization and you, you touched upon the topic of closed beta and I had to bring it up. Combat Engineer and my beard. How did it come <laughs> around? Okay, okay. I, 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 I always wanted to hear that story. Okay, this is, this is a story. Combat Engineer is not me. However, <laughs> thinking I was making a funny joke one day on Reddit, I, I posted... 
unless it is me and the artist never told me, but it's not me. I don't think as much yeah, I think as we should look like at the normal version of from the, the profile. So here, like you want to see the profile here. Hold on. Put the, do you have it on the screen? I know you're uh, looking at it. Hold right on. Now. Hold on. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll finish what I'm saying. So there was a there is a put yourself in a card competition, right? And the person who won that competition is actually Witch Hunter. Um, but in an in a Reddit thread, because the combat engineer looks like me, is it on the screen now? I yeah, it is. It. So hold on. Where's the arm? Is the arms like this? So. Well, I don't have hair, but you know, it's just <laughs> that's a massive leak. It's something we all wanted to hear one day and see one day. It's just like you know, my nose looks like that, I guess, and I do have a like I kind of look like that a little bit, but I'm it's not me, right? It's not yeah. me. So, so, but in the Reddit thread, I had posted that I I won it, and I was combat engineer. Like no one would ever believe me. They they would think it was funny because I kind of look like the combat engineer. But as legend has it, I people actually think that this is this is me in the card. Um, but I really truly don't think that that is the case. I was never told that. It was never a tribute to me and stuff like that. So You're the combat engineer. beard. The combat <laughs> Blowing people's minds right now because I never take my hat off on camera and I just did. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, to I be honest, I was, I was just shocked to did exclusive. it. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, I was like, uh, ooh. I used to that's... be really scared about that. I used to be really leaks. scared about that. <laughs> leaks. I mean, I mean we, had, we had Bush out with some leaks, but this, this tops them all. <laughs> Gwen Slime number one, I cast without a hat on and I didn't like it. And so I vowed to never do it again. But there you go. That's what I look like. I mean, it's future style. Yeah. I, th I think, you know, Mac Beard and the cap, it just, it just goes together. It's, it's like you always expect it. Yeah, exactly. Well, from the very first cat challenger, they're like, I'm like, I'm, they're putting me in like a college shirt and stuff. And, they're, and, they're, and, and Rafal Yaki's like, do you want to wear the hat? I'm like, uh, I, or would I do that? Like, it's like a professional cast. Like, would I do that? He's like, hey, if you're comfortable with the hat, like, that's what you look like. That's your hat. That's your thing. You wear it if that's what you want to wear. I'm like, I'm going to wear it then. And I just yeah. now I, I wore a hat that's for cool. Speaking of the challenger, because that's actually the next segment we wanted to talk about, because we spent almost two hours talking about the expansion. I, I, I thought, okay, it's going to be a short talk because the expansion has been out for three days. So, pff. Like, how long can we possibly talk about the expansion? But, yeah, I, I love the fact that you guys are so invested into, into these topics. But we really want to talk about the tournaments and how you got to cast them. Because I think a lot of people are curious, like, how did you get in contact with DPR? How did you start casting tournaments? How did it, co how did it come to be, to be honest? <laughs> uh, well, for me, I'll, I'll, for me I, was, uh, I was part of the... Uh, I feel like I just talked a whole bunch. I'll try to keep the story really quick. Um, Go for I it. Part, I was part of the... So in January of 2016, they released Nilfgaard uh, as a faction, and they invited six content creators to come to the CD Projekt Red Studios to go see it. And it was me, and it was Greyboxer, my co-host at the time for Commander Strong Podcast, Merchant, Mogwai, and uh, uh, King Blacktooth, and Chaotic Priest, who was a streamer at the time. Uh, who actually didn't stream very much Gwen after that. Uh, but we got to see Nilfgaard and stuff. And then uh, at that event, they asked, they said, hey, we want to do something big. Are, are any of you interested in casting? And I said, yep. So I had to send in an audition. And then uh, Mogwai and I sent in an audition tape, and they picked us for the thing. And uh, 
it was surreal when it happened and uh the rest is history i guess hmm. like your story yeah what about you well yeah mine takes a different trodden path i guess you can say i mean to get to uh to, to actually get to to casting and and getting involved with cdpr uh i had a lot of experience doing uh radio and, and sort of stage related kind of uh you know not moderation but like emceeing things and 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 i did comedy for a while and i i did um uh radio for a bunch uh so this was kind of something that i i always loved and then that's when i got into streaming and mcbeard introduced me to gwent and then i just absolutely adored gwent so i started playing that a lot uh again I, I, my initial endeavors were to be a competitive player, but eventually I just didn't, I did not have the, 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 the skill set or the, the amount of time and, and, and dedication that is necessary to be a professional player. So I kind of went towards the entertainment aspect, but at the same time, I still really liked, um, competition. So what I did was we, a bunch of us put together the wild hunt tournaments. And I mean, I hosted things like Gwent trivia. I hosted a whole bunch of different things like that. I was on, um, uh, McBeard's podcast a few times as well, which was sort of introduced me to that entire universe of being a, a Gwent related broadcaster, but the wild hunt tournaments themselves were what essentially propelled me to both a absolutely adore Gwent from a broadcasting perspective and B is also what put me into the spotlight for CDPR. And after doing both wild hunt tournaments, CDPR contacted me and asked me if I wanted to be the host of uh, Challenger 4. So obviously I was over the moon. I went there and and had a, a great time with them. And uh, with Mogwai moving on, I always thought that casting and like casting and hosting are two different things. Um, uh, you know, they might seem very similar of just talking about Gwent, but in reality they take two different disciplines of of how to approach. But um, I thought I could never be a caster. I didn't think I would be that great at it. I really revered McBeard's skill set as to how he can do that. I thought he was phenomenal, and I thought there's no way I can do what he does. Um, when Mogwai moved on, I, uh, I, I spoke to McBee about it privately, and then I actually contacted uh, CDPR and asked them what their audition process was, and they said, you know, put together a tape, and send it to us and we will consider it amongst all you know the others who have contacted us so i put a, a tape together with mcbeard and sent it in and they said well uh you know we've already have your size for the suit so we might as well just take you in so i said <laughs> all right <laughs> it's, it's it's an amazing story because um during the challenger a lot of people were talking like the dynamics between you two are just amazing and you you uh you cast as if you were like a longtime friend and you knew each other in real life and you know you prepped together for the tournament. It's and it's actually true. It's actually well, true. We've known each other for like what six years now. Yeah, I, I yeah. the first time wow. I ever met McBeard was and this is a true story and I'm gonna embarrass him slightly. Was we went to a Blue Jays game. It was Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. It was the Blue Jays versus the Colorado Rockies, and we sat in section five twelve. I remember this because I have a ridiculous memory. But you so brought stains on my shirt from the nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were we were closer to the top of the CN Tower than we were to the bottom of the CN Tower. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember because I, uh, uh, McBeard's wife and I, we grew up together. We were basically neighbors since we were three years old. So we we grew up as almost like brother and sister. Like we were that 
we were like family and we still are. She's my best friend and, and, and uh, we grew up together either way. She, when she had met McBee, uh, we would talk about it and she texts, Oh, I met this guy and he's great. And he's this and he's that. And eventually she's like, okay, he's really into baseball and I'm not, but we want to go to baseball and I want to introduce you guys. So we're going to go, we're going to go to a baseball game together. So you guys can introduce, like you guys can, can get to know each other. And what's hilarious is that we essentially spent the entire time talking about baseball and Hearthstone the entire time. Oh. And we like sat yeah. next to each other and it was just the best time ever. And that's we essentially Hearthstone, one. Yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, that's so when people are like, you have such amazing chemistry. Well, there's, there's literally like five, six years of actual friendship that, that has, uh, you know, created that foundation that we can sort of, when we're together, like when we sit down together, what's funny is that a lot of the stuff that people don't know is that the stupid antics that I do are, are essentially, they kind of bubble up in my brain like 30 seconds before we go live. And I'm like, Hey, what if we did this? And McBeard is always a trooper. He's like, yeah, all right, but let's try it this way. Cause it's, and I'm like, yeah, that's better. And then we kind of go that way. And then that's essentially how that works. <laughs> so the so how do you prep together, right? Like that's can you can you tell some something about that? Like how do you guys prep for casting? Well, we can yeah. we we've scrimmed with players before. We 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 will will observe games of like uh, like Demarcus and Molegian helped us prep at all of the casters prep um, for this particular challenger, and and they've helped me prep in the past as well. And when it comes to actually being uh, like at the event, once we know the deck lists and what matches we're casting then we'll have like some bigger conversations about like what matchup is likely what coin like what they want to queue on on coin we'll talk to the players as well what they expect is going to happen and that really will fuel a lot of the narrative when we talk because it's really fun like both of us are baseball fans so we both we both love that narrative where like oh I was, you know I was talking to the player before the game and he said or, mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing is that kind of thing is oh, good yeah, yeah 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 it's good for the knowledge for the player as well because you're it's coming from the point of view of somebody who's in the game that can't speak exactly. for themselves and yeah. i just think that you know you get kind of that feedback as you play if the casters are kind of doing their homework and really kind of researching the matchups which we do we sit in a room with almost every player and talk about you know we take notes on all of their deck lists and uh, and then it's just like just focusing on the deck list, and then when, as it comes down to it, going into day two, like sometimes it could be two deck lists that we didn't cast, depending on where where it or, or maybe just one. We just kind of just got to be really quick with how it's going to go, and we just talk to the players. They're usually a lot faster, and they've played they played all night. We don't necessarily play all night, um, <laughs> so you know they they have like fresh takes on it. So I mean, everybody's helping each other. Like the players are obviously trying to win, focused on themselves, but. Uh, they still make time for us to help uh, to help us all understand kind of like what we're all looking at. Yeah, we interrogate them. We gang up on them. We actually yeah. literally you put them, them into a, a room <laughs> and there's uh, six of us. There's the actually last time there was like seven of us because there's the two. There's the four casters. There was the two uh, analysts and Ash was there as well. So there was seven of us just crowded into this tiny room and it's like we have our papers there and we're all just kind of like we have them we're like so demorkies if that's your real name like the hell are you thinking doing this and then he's like well because i'm smarter than you and this is why i did it and i'm like fuck i guess you're right like like i guess you're right you are definitely smarter than us but there's a lot of prep that goes into it because we want to be not only aware of the deck lists and be able to react to the plays, but we want to get into their mindset and see what their intentions are so that when we see their lines of play, we know what their motivation is behind it. And we can play to that 
narrative as well. And like McVie says, a lot of it is 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 playing to the narrative of what's going on and talking to the people and seeing their motivation prior. And being both sports fans, I mean, I don't know if there are other you know sports fans who watch things like Sports Center and whatever, but I like the dynamic between McVie and I because we kind of have that sort of sports desk kind of thing going on where it's lighthearted and it's very casual, but it's also very professional and knowledgeable where we're able to convey the information and give you a good show at the same time. Because if it's boring, then you're not going to want to watch it anyways. You know, I'd, I'd rather be able to enhance the experience than to overshadow it or to undersell it. You know, it, that's the goal. And I think that that's something that I'm very lucky to have a great casting partner with because it's it's just I, I value professionalism, but I also value being able to sort of not take yourself too seriously because ultimately entertainment and, and viewership is what you're trying to, you know, that's what you're that's your goal is to make that the best it can be and to please the viewers. It's a game. We all want to have fun. Yeah. And um, one question that keeps popping up whenever I talk about the tournaments is, is the future of the competitive scene. With Pavel on the show, he said that they want a lot of the tournaments to move to uh, online kind of format where there is no studio, there's no casters, there's just tournaments uh, uh, somewhere on the website or YouTube or something like that. How do you guys feel about it? Like the tournaments being played online rather than in their studio or in a separate location? Well, that's news to us. <laughs> like uh, breaking news, I guess. How do we feel? You, I mean, you, you didn't watch the last episode. Well, <laughs> I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to come in fresh. Um, <laughs> so, I'm. Well, I mean, McBee, you you can you can sort of take the first crack at this. I mean, if they want to do online stuff and do league stuff, I think it's great for the scene. If they want to do more events and incentivize playing in seasons more often, I think they need to do something, anything at all. Um, as far as doing online tournaments, if they're being cast and that involves work for me, and if there's going to be more of them and that involves more frequent work for but, other people and more opportunities as well, that would be good. However, if it's not going to be casted and they're going to stop doing events, that's a, that's a bummer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, and that's why that kind of that kind of just sort of blindsided, I guess, both of us. Well, because... I mean, I, I know I knew that they I knew I, I knew that they want like they they want to do more. Like it takes too long to do all these events in in person. Like they want to make sure that things matter more often. They want to do like weekly cups, probably. Like I imagine that's what they should be doing. And I, they're not going to cast every single one of those, but they're they still have castable events. It's obviously well, that's it. I mean, a, 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 yeah, a I believe so too. A tier of competition that they're gonna want some broadcasting for, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, there's. I mean, put it this way: World Masters. I mean, how many tournaments are out there that are are you know homegrown kind of homebrew stuff that people do, you know, out of their living rooms or out of their their offices where <sighs> five people get together and even less than that, and you can have a casted tournament in that way. I've done it a million times. I've done it for various games where i essentially show up at my desk like i am right now and i can cast tournaments this yeah. way through screen sharing through different ways now look how do i feel about the season about the, the future of the competitive scene if there is a competitive if there isn't a competitive scene that's a great thing that's always going to be a great thing i feel like the 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 one thing that is holding back gwent in immeasurable ways is the fact that gwent open 8 was in march and gwent challenger 5 was in september and that is 
a very long time span to have competitive Gwent fairly off off the books or, and out of people's uh, out of people's minds. And now, obviously, Masters is is coming, but that was something that was decided a while ago. Season two has to be something that they announce like this month because people are starting to get a little bit antsy and figuring mm-hmm. out and looking for alternatives as to well if i'm why am i playing pro ladder now if it is if it's not going to matter because it, it possibly doesn't and that's what you know other than staying sharp and staying up to date with things but you got to have a competitive scene and i know some people say well not everybody likes competitive yeah well some people do and that those are the people who are going to be playing thousands of games in a, uh, uh, you know over the course of a season or two to in order to to attain it and people f- like to follow these players as well because look at tailbot tailbot uh, yesterday streamed had like six or seven hundred people in his stream and he's just playing for shits and giggles you know because he has nothing to, to give but people know these players and this is the kind of uh, uh mindset around it is that even though competitive scene you know, so even though these competitive players might not be playing for something, you're building up their 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 persona. You're building up who they are, and there's a fandom that comes with that. And with that comes viewership, comes player bases, and 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 beyond that. I, I it really sucks to hear that they might have non-casted events because obviously this is my livelihood. This is what pays my rent and and puts food in my fridge. But at the same time, I also understand that you need to be profitable and you need to be sustainable. But so if the if 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 the way that Gwent succeeds and survives is by having more frequent tournaments but smaller scale that may or may not include a casting element to it, I think that's fine because I'm just one schmuck, okay? And my my success is is not factored into the success of Gwent. I would rather Gwent succeed and do well than you know than myself individually succeed in a game that might be on the downswing which i'm not saying it is i'm merely saying that if if one or the if one of the two things has to succeed i'd rather gwent succeeds than flake within gwent succeeds guys you heard it first flake said gwent is dead oh (laughs) (laughs) that's why i had to say it because i knew it but there's i have a news for you i have a news for you because you said uh world masters is coming except it's not coming anytime soon because buja said that they consider doing it at some point during the season two well okay but hold on a second because that you have to also understand that that just means that they could start season two very soon that optimism i like it i like it that's not that's not just optimism that's also there's there's some confident thoughts behind that. Uh, all I'm saying is that masters, if ma- like, there's too much dead dead air between season, uh, you know, between masters and now. So if you're not filling that dead air with meaningful Gwent, then you are literally just tossing it in the trash and saying that the next X amount of months don't matter. So it is within it is it is a good move for them to start accumulating crown points for season two wherein you could have your masters and then start with these smaller tournaments almost you know a month a month right after masters wraps up so that you don't have the same problems that you have prior to this wherein masters is 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 there and then four months later you maybe have a smaller event so don't don't discount it yet because season two could very well start well before masters happens yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if you were, but I just debated you into into giving us some leaks, and you just did. 
So I I, I don't I'm not I'm not confirming or I don't we have links. Don't know. We, we don't know. I, I would love to know when anything is starting. Man, you just I, told us that we don't. We the, might not have jobs. You think the people are asking questions in chat? I would love to know the answer to when is World Masters and when does season two start? I, I wish no I. I wish I was sitting on that info. That would be amazing <laughs> information. I listen. I will God. be completely, so hopeful. completely honest with you. And if anybody knows who I am, I speak from the heart and I go off the cuff. I do not know when Masters is. I do not know what season two, if season two, or when season two. I don't know any of those aspects. But all I can say is that if 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 you want the game to succeed in a competitive atmosphere, you need to start making competitive matter again, like tomorrow. So if you put two and two together, that seems to be the proper uh, course of action. So if you're mm-hmm. saying that Masters... That, that uh, Gwent Masters is still a long ways away, you need to fill that dead air with meaningful Gwent, meaning that you've probably got to start season two well before Masters happens. Um, you, you said this is your livelihood, casting, casting tournaments, doing these kind of projects. Is there an, actually anything you guys are working on right now? Because like, you, are a, you are a pair of very well-known content creators, and people are just wondering... Is there any new projects your guys are working on? Not only in in regards to Gwent, but also other games. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me, um, well, I'm 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 undergoing this internet issue, so until like I have stable internet, I'm trying to just do everything I can. Um, but uh, getting back into regular podcasting has been I, the past six months have been not regular for me. But getting back into regular podcasting for the Commander's Horn podcast is something that I'll be doing, and I'm also going to be working with. Uh, with the card game Teppen uh, for for a oh, couple, for cool. a little bit, so just um, you know, just it's a it's a sponsorship that I'm that I'm pretty happy with. It's uh, it's uh, you know I like Capcom. It's a cool game, and uh, I'm playing a little bit of that as well. Just a little bit is going to be on my stream, uh, but uh, you know, still Gwent all the way, of course. Uh, but it's a fun game, and that's kind of like my side game right now, and it's pretty cool. And that's a thing that I'm doing. And otherwise, I am looking for you know I'm still doing streaming on YouTube and uh, looking forward to more events. And uh, making a highlight reel, I guess, until yeah, I hear about yeah. season two. What about you, Flag? So I have been uh, very well involved with uh, Mythgard, actually. Uh, part of their, uh, essentially, partner program that kind of drives a little bit of the direction of the game uh, in terms of feedback and uh, design and stuff like that. Uh, I have a podcast for Mythgard as well, so that that's uh, that's something that I'm I'm very passionate about, and that's uh, going very well. Uh, also, the esports scene for that game is something that I'm I'm uh, getting involved in as well. And like you said, like some people like to throw throw shade at people like myself or others who go and and get involved in other games. And frankly, um, I love card games equally i love all card games mm-hmm. and i play what yeah, i enjoy exactly. and, and so you can come at me and it's not gonna hurt me or, or harm me in any shape way shape or form um because i love gwent i love Mythgard, i love magic i love cards that's just how it goes so i need to be able to pay my rent and if that means doing other things that i enjoy to pay my rent then i will absolutely do that and i'm not saying that i do this for a paycheck because if you see how i cast if you see the energy i put into what i do you could tell that i love it so I will challenge anybody to who thinks that I don't love what I do, and I do, and I'm blessed and lucky to be able to do it. And I hope that I do it until I'm 99 years old, and then I retire. But uh, 
That said, I have a bunch of other things sort of on the go, uh, part of which is also just, you know, staying in tune with Gwent and, and the Gwent community because you guys are, for the most part, awesome. And, and I, I never want this game to fail. And I champion it and I root for it. And uh, I stay in touch with the people at CDAPR all the time. And they know that. They know that at a, the drop of a hat, I would get on a plane, fly down to Warsaw and do whatever they need me to do. Because, uh, again, um, I... I, I I, I just want this game to fucking do so well. I just want it to do so well because I love it so much. Um, and uh, I'm crossing my fingers that it's just upwards and forwards from now on, you know? Yeah, I think we all we all have the yeah. same uh, belief and hopes for Gwent. Yeah, but there's one thing I absolutely have to ask, Flake. Wild Hunt 3. Okay, I actually have there is so i we came this close to wild hunt 3 and we did we almost came this close to wild hunt 3 in spectacular fashion as well so if you want to know how far i got with wild hunt 3 we had a venue we had uh a production crew um we had ex all the expenses etc basically what we we're going to do for wild hunt 3 wild hunt 3 was going to be a north america exclusive tournament that had took pro pro rank placements north american pro rank placements and flew the top eight over X amount of months, flew the top eight to Orlando in a mansion with a TV crew for a week and did a tournament kind of getaway. I had it all budgeted. I had it all ready to go. I sent it to CDPR and CDPR loved it. And CDPR said, we will see. And what? that's where it's at right now. So uh, no way. I I had I I have. I'm calling the, Jason right now. <laughs> no no no. What I'm saying is literally. I'm not even kidding you. I I and and this is not a knock on CDPR because I approached them as the schmuck that I am, and I said, uh, you know, North America. You have no footprint in North America. I'd like to change that, and I think that the way to do that is to really inject some fucking juice into the North American competitive scene by making. Uh, something for North America because there are there's European championships in this and I said and what they replied with listen do some research come back with some numbers and we'll we'll definitely talk about it so I did the research I came back to them with every single expense including travel food mansions venue uh, production costs uh, labor costs for the the people working it the casters the production crew the tournament admins everybody gets paid. And I gave them a price tag. I said, I can do it for this amount. And they said, wow, that's really reasonable, but we're going to see. So I sent them like a two or 3,000 uh, word like proposal and uh, with everything parsed out and everything done, including the tournament format, the price, everything. And it's kind of in a wait and see. So basically, go buy everything you can from the Gwent store so that Wild Hunt 3 can happen. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Basically, it. Just do it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a really amazing old. story. I, really I, I thought, you know, maybe yeah. there is an idea somewhere in the air. Maybe you considered doing Wild Hunt 3. And now you are telling us the idea, everything is basically planned. And in, you have all the paperwork. And you're just waiting for the green light from CTPR. Yeah. This, this, this went down in April and May of, of, uh, of this year. This is when I approached them. And this is when... Uh, basically, I approached them in early May, like first week of May. Uh, I got the response like a day later from them. And I spent the rest of the month sourcing everything and pricing everything out. And then I approached them at the beginning of June, I believe it was. And that's when I got the, we have to wait and see. We still have to finish this season of, you know, 
Because I basically, if everything went the way I proposed it, we would have been in. Uh, we would have had our first. Uh, we would have had our first two, uh, or our first uh, in uh, winner of like a spot for the tournament. The whole point was we wanted to have like um, the tournaments earned through ladder placements and smaller qualifiers, and then we would take the top eight or the like. Number one pro rank North America from four months plus uh, winners from four qualifiers. So um, basically, that's how we would pick our eight people, fly them out to Orlando, mansion, fridge stocked with all kinds of you know <laughs> things, and then have a have a wicked ass Gwent ten- tournament, and then send them all home. The only thing that was different was the prize pool was going to be tiny. It was going to be like five five or ten thousand dollars but i don't I mean, think it's people give it, give a shit about that i mean like yeah. i don't think that was the that was yeah. the appeal exactly so yeah but it was a while ago it was a while ago but it's still there i mean it's still something if they want to pick it up the price tag is pretty much the same yeah i'm pretty sure this and, and basically the whole podcast is something uh chat has asked quite a few questions about bj what do you have for us actually uh there were not that many questions related to casting not no, no no questions at all. Just throw everything that you have at us. Um, I mean, there were there was maybe you know a question like um, about neutral skins, like are are they coming to the game? Like dandelion skin, series skin, Jennifer skin. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's something. Uh, I mean, we could talk about it for a little bit. But I think yeah, we have we have been talking for quite some time, so. <laughs> Yeah, over, over over two hours, and yeah, I I see the. Yeah, I've got to get uh, I've got to get going as well, my friends. I, yeah, I would I would answer some. Yeah, I, I I just see that you know people are slowly limit, slowly getting in the rush, and two hours is like our usual episode. So guys, any any closing statements? Anything you wanna you wanna briefly talk about like, in regards to expansion, your casting gig, the future of Gwent? Anything you wanna briefly uh, touch on before we go? Yeah. Um... For me, I mean, uh, this is like my plugs. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Is that what this is? Or, or like, just yeah, this is statements? it. Plug uh, time. Quinn <laughs> expansion has been fun. Uh, I hope that, uh, I hope we all continue to have fun with it and the meta evolves in a pleasant way. You can find me streaming Gwent on a fairly regular basis. Hopefully, with my internet, king, I'm starting at uh, 11 a.m. most days. Uh, it's been really inconsistent, but. Hopefully that's going to get back 11 a.m. most days at twitch.tv slash McBearded. You can also find me on YouTube. You can just search up McBeard or you can do the address youtube.com slash C slash McBeard. In that case, all my videos are there. Podcast episodes will be getting back. Commander's Horn podcast. Um, again, the internet thing has and a lot of my traveling and challenger and just a lot of stuff has kind of delayed a lot of the stuff I usually do. But, you know, it's all up there. You can find me on Twitter at McBeardCH. And that's me. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast, my friends. Yeah, yeah, we are glad to have you here. Blake, is it my turn? Okay. It is your turn. All right, shout out time. Uh, first of all, awesome people in the chat. Even though some people like to be snarky and sarcastic, it's all good because you're talking, and that's what matters. So, thanks <laughs> to the chat, honestly, for uh, for being here as well, and thanks to Trinet for the host. That's really wicked, man. So, uh, and thanks to you guys for being wicked ass hosts and for inviting us on. Uh, I would wake up at two in the morning to do this show. It's no big deal. <laughs> you guys are awesome, awesome. I love you guys. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you can catch me on Twitch. Um, 
I, I'm not streaming much Gwent these days, but uh, you can catch me there if you want to. Twitch.tv slash WatchFlake. Uh, Twitter as well, at WatchFlake. And um, YouTube, YouTube.com slash FlakeMedia, because I didn't think of putting WatchFlake because I'm an idiot. But these things happen, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, that said, um, honestly, I'm just, I just really, really, really am, um, am crossing my fingers and really hoping against hope that season two is is just takes off and goes nuts and i really think that um with another expansion and another few things down the line that this 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 game can really uh reclaim some some lost glory i think that the gameplay is phenomenal i think that the, the it, gwent stands as a such a unique game in comparison to everything else that's out there there are very few games that can really say that that they're not like they're not like others and gwent is definitely one of those so i really appreciate that out of it um that said um uh, just everybody be kind to one another like just be kind be nice to one another man i see some just, just be nice to each other. Love each other. That's all I gotta say. Be nice, guys. Thanks so much for being here. I I can't stress enough how much I value it. Like I, I as I told you, one of my one of my like two of my heroes from, from when I st started playing went first. So having you here is just it's just an, a massive honor for me personally. Uh, so once again, thanks guys for being here, and I appreciate you just waking up at a crazy time to be on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Mac bearded is muted. I'm muted. Sorry. Uh, I, it's our pleasure. And 30 wake up was uh, clock wake up was, was cool. But actually, now they started. Now I'm all fired up, and it's nine o'clock. Yeah. Uh, the day is mine to explore. Let's go. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Guys, and a few words to our viewers. Uh, uh, we are going to host someone, rate someone in a moment. But uh, before we go, if you want to stay in touch, also off stream, just follow us uh, at on Twitter at Novigrad Podcast. Uh, I just posted the links to all the uh, Twitch accounts of our guests. Uh, the next episode is going to be in two weeks, as always. Uh, we don't have guests yet, but we are working on it. So once again, once again, uh, my beard flag, BJ. Thanks for being here. Really, really appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Uh, Trinet, as always. Thank you for the amazing house, okay. I feel yeah, like I have to say it because it's it's just it, it I I know that I asked beforehand if if he'll be willing to do it, but it's just you know a lot of support for uh, a beginning podcast like ours. So uh, yeah, guys, trying it in person is an absolute gem of a human being. He's such a nice dude. Yeah. So guys, uh, can confirm. Yeah. Once again, thanks for everything. Thanks. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for being active in chat. I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, that's it. Thanks for dealing with my unstable internet. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great Saturday and we'll see you guys later.